Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. All right, there he is. I'm just going to bring him in. Ready? Without further ado, da 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 da. Hey, Tanner, turn your phone back. Video horizontal. What? Bro, bro, I just had a horizontal. I thought she told me to go the other way. Fuck, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, yeah. shit. I bought this little... Bought, yeah. this, bought this fucking tripod just for you. Ah, oh, nice. That's yeah. good, though. Listen, a lot of reasons to have that. Look at that. Look at that November coming fire poster. Yeah, so this is it's Tanner. Tanner is, uh, you know, he's a friggin' enthusiast. Dork. He's a collecting enthusiast, dork, nerd, just like me, just like the rest of us. But he, man, he has a lot of working knowledge. We're going to talk to him about the market. We're going to talk to him about collecting the ins and outs, ups and downs, lefts and rights of all of this stuff. And so welcome to the show, Tanner. How Thank you, you. Good. I'm great. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool. Just for you. Yeah. He's got his glasses on. <laughs> this, he's got everything going on. It's perfect. Great. Um, so let's just, let's just dive into this. We're going to start out. We're going to learn a little bit more about Tanner. I don't, there's a lot I don't about Tanner. I don't know. Uh, Tanner, let me ask you a question. When did you, this first... is ridiculous. <laughs> when did you first, um, get into, uh, or find out or discover the misfits, Sam Hain, Danzig? How did it make you feel when you discovered this stuff? I got a tingly feeling downstairs when I first saw the misfits. It was just. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just, uh, well, I first found the nineties misfits and I was like, this stuff's cool, but not really for me. And then I realized there was better stuff than the nineties misfits. And I'm like, oh, this shit's, this stuff's really cool. So after that, I kind of fell in love with all this, the whole misfits, Sam Hain, Danzig stuff. I've kind of always been, you know, boring and like in like the dorky shit. Oh, sorry. Fuck. So, oh man, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm killing it. Uh, Dr. So, Erliff, Dr. Erliff says that you are five times as loud as me. That's weird. All right, what about now? Do I need to whisper? What about now? Can you hear me better? Man, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm a little bummed out by, by Melon is just really shit in the bed with a lot of, a lot of things about Melon I don't like. Um, and then, okay, so, so that is that. And what is it about? I mean, what is it about the Misfits that you find most appealing? Like, what is it that you like about it? Ah, man, you know, like a lot of people say it's like the horror stuff, but for me, it's like the perfect blend of like uh, imagery and the music. Like Glenn's whole DIY stuff is 
I love that. My favorite stuff about the collecting is all the DIY stuff. None of the, like the mass produced stuff's really for me. Got you. So you like the you like the aspect of of empowerment through do it doing it yourself. For sure. Um and now what I find interesting about you is that you you have like a you, you have like this savant sort of situation where you just kind of like know you just kind of like know you have it all stored in your head. I used to kind of be like that about 10 or 11 years ago, not anymore. Um you you're just I, you know in a way you're kind of like me. You just you just talked to a lot of people and and gleaned a lot of information from speaking to a lot of people. Am I correct on that? Yeah, pretty much. I like talking. Why, uh, what made you, I mean, like, what made you go down that rabbit hole? Like, what would you do? Like, tell me about that. Tell, uh, about, you know, uh, getting too into detail. I just, it's just so easy. Like, I would see all these people, like, on Instagram or Facebook, and the stuff they were saying was just so stupid. And I'm like, these get, you know, back in the day, like, Joey Image was on Facebook. You could just ask the guy, you know what I mean? So I just, I would just, if I had a question, I'd just ask about it. And it just kind of, kind of stuck with me, you know? How did you get, so how did you, how did you get to know, like, all this stuff about the photographs? It's like you have it all, like, you have like, a spreadsheet, a file, no. like, how do you know that stuff? One of my buddies always makes fun of me, because he has a really detailed Excel sheet, and he says I need one, but, I don't know, I just, I don't see what's hard about it. I, I don't see how people can't do it. I just look at it, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's Yuri Vaughn, that's Karen Sullivan, it's just stuff like that, you know? It's just, um, now... You also did, uh, you know, I see Nikki's asking what your Instagram is. You guys do have an Instagram where you share photos. Tell me about that. Yeah, that, that's a, well, it was started by this other kid. It's kind of like the Misfits. Someone started it, and then we took it over and kind of made it our own thing, if you get what I'm saying there. But <laughs> uh, some kids started it. Joe joined on, and then I liked all the stuff they were posting, and we started talking, and I just happened to be obsessive with them. So I, you know, I started posting the pictures and all that stuff and it got pretty big after a while, but then it got shut down. So the new one's kind of lame. I'm not really into it, but it's so nice to share some of my stuff here and there. Did you, um, so is that how you met your friend Joe? Yeah. Yeah. uh, He he was, he was like the second guy in the page. And then I was like the third guy. We were like 14 or 15 then young, you know, babies. And, uh, now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You are young. Um, what? First of all, when did you? What year did you get into the Misfits? I'm curious. Just for just for context here, no, nothing to do with age. I'm just eighth grade. I was 14. Like, like right when that page started, I just dove head first. I have this problem where if I like something, I dive head first into it. So you, the Misfits, had not reunited yet, or the Misfits had not reunited yet when you got into them. Um. No, yeah, they definitely didn't reunite. The, it was right around, right before, like, the Static Age Revisited tour Jerry was doing. That's, like, I had the shirt hanging up from that tour. It was the first thing Jerry ever sent me. It was one of those tour shirts signed. And then, like, a year later, two years later, they did the reunion. How did you feel when they did, when the reunion went da- went off, when it, when it was happening? When, um, like, Riot Fest posted, like, the little teaser, I sent it to one of my yeah. buddies, and he goes, uh, it's going to be nothing. And then I was actually getting kicked out of school, getting suspended from school. And Joe texted yeah. me and said, "Dude, it's 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 happening." And I was like, "This is great. I don't even care about the school thing anymore. I don't I don't need anything. I'm stoked." Yeah, yeah. it was great. You were, you were happy about that. Um, 
you know, when when I saw that little teaser, I did something really stupid and nerdy. I put, I took out my static age record and I put, I played come back on my turntable. <laughs> and then literally a few hours later, they announced it like went public. Yeah, and yeah. It's happening. It's, <laughs> I was like, yes, it's true. It's true. It's so great. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, it must've, it must've been exhilarating. I know it was exhilarating for me. It must've been exhilarating for you to see that happen. Um, now tell me about the collecting side. When did you get into the collecting? What made you decide that you wanted to collect stuff? Like, how does it, how does that, how does it work? How did you get the habit? Uh, <laughs> it was, it was as soon as I got into the band, I was like, man, I got all this cool stuff. I want all this cool stuff. So it was a no-brainer for me because I, you know, I've always liked the, the physical stuff. I like holding stuff, and I, the first thing I ever got was a, a copy of Evil Live signed by like Jerry and a couple of those guys, and it was like fourteen bucks on eBay. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is gonna be so cheap. I could buy everything, and then very quickly I learned it was not very cheap, and I could not buy everything. But was it a real Evil Live? That you paid fourteen bucks for? Yeah, it's just a twelve inch. The it's just one of the represses. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, listen, you said evil live. That can mean a lot of different things. So yes, yeah, I got a three pack hanging out. Oh, he's got the three no, pack hanging no, out. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't got, I don't got fifteen grand. You hear that? Fifteen grand for a for a three pack. It used to be. See, when I did know a little bit about that stuff, it was like ten. And now it's, I bet you it's more than 15. I bet you it goes for, it could go for way more on eBay. I think the last one that sold was like double that price. Yeah, that, 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 I could imagine that. Um, So you start collecting this stuff. Why? But why? Why do you want to collect it? Like, what's the, do you have a goal in mind? Are you going to do a book? Do you want to do some sort of (laughs) museum? Do you want to, like, what's the purpose of your collection? You know, uh, this is. Got to have them on your wall. Have, that's my first one. Um, I see it on your wall. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people, especially right now, I'm not throwing shade to anybody, but everyone seems to be doing a Misfits book, so I'm definitely not doing that. It's kind of a little passe <laughs> at this point. But uh, there's, I have no attentions. I just like owning physical stuff. Uh, my whole life, I just have a bunch of stuff, and this just made sense because I mean, this looks cool. This is great, you know. If I brought a date over. It wouldn't impress them, but it impressed me. So Right. So question. So now how did your world change and open up when you started collecting this stuff? Like what happened what happened in your life? That- uh I had a lot less money to do, you know, normal teenager stuff, but I had a lot cooler stuff than most teenagers. Uh, <laughs> I met a lot of cool people. If it wasn't for this collecting stuff, I probably wouldn't know like any of these guys, which is cool, like Robbie Bloodshed. You know, guys like that, guys I like that are cool. But besides that, most collectors kind of suck. So <laughs> it's not, uh, not real the best. Quick, real quick, if you're sorry to cut you off there, Tanner. If you're just joining us, please come on YouTube. We cannot see Facebook comments. We can only see YouTube comments. Join us over on YouTube and make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Um, in any case, so... Um, all right, so so you, you met a lot of different collectors. Is it com- is it it's competitive? Is it a competitive oh, sport? Everyone's backstabbers. <laughs> everyone's backstabbers. Like, what is that? How does that work? Like, do you guys are there private cabals where you're just kind of like right. you're like I heard I got a lead on this thing. You need this for your collection. Do you uh, go for that lead? 
is it is it about like keeping stuff on the DL so that you can get the best deal? This is just what's the, up, Pat. This is just kind shout of for me Pat. here. Shout out, Pat. Um, yeah. If the person who's mad at me about this button, they'll see that button and they don't know. But uh, yeah, stuff like that. A lot of a lot of them are cool. There's a lot of great people that you know I I consider really good friends, and then there's people who. Hey Tanner, does this does this look good to you? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it looks great. And then I'm like, yeah, how do I word this? But they'll never do in return. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys are. Oh, I like it. Except mine's real. That you, you know who? <laughs> yeah, this is this is not real. But this was Robbie Bloodshed made this. I thought he did a really great job. Yeah, he gave me one. I lost it, so I had to go out and find a real one. So <laughs> yeah, one or two. Um, so, so it's it's a backstabbing kind of thing where where so you'll ask somebody will ask you for help, but they won't necessarily reciprocate. It's not a supportive, yeah, it's not I, a supportive venture. Is that what you mean? I don't want to drag all the collectors down because there's a lot of really no, good we don't guys want to talk shit there. about. I don't want to talk shit about collectors. Yeah, yeah, I'm but just, I'm talking about a general sense. I I don't know anything about collecting. That's why I'm asking. In all honesty, I think right now there's a lot of new guys in the scene. A lot of stuff's going for a lot of big money. Stupid stuff like that. And especially now more so than ever, in my opinion, at least, it's so much more about the money than the people. For me, I, the stuff I like to collect has like a story with it. You know, I'm not in it for the money. I don't really care how much I could get for that button. I'm just glad I have it. Right. So now let me ask you this. What happens when you when you cop a really fine piece? Do you need to be like, yo, I need a certificate of authenticity mm-hmm. in the form of a letter like, can you write me the the story of what this is and sign it so I have it? Do you have anything like that to go I have, I have a couple things. Like, I have some guitar picks from the Misfits reunion rehearsals, and there's, like, a note because there's no way to prove that But besides the note, you know. But a lot Did of you this, ask for that note, or they just provided that for you? It was just in the package. There's a note that says, like, hey, Tanner, I threw these in for you. So, I mean, like, if I had to sell them, you know what I mean? Got but, you. Uh, but, no, it – it'd kind of be ridiculous ridiculous if I was buying a poster for some guy in his garage. And I was like, do you mind signing a piece of paper so that I bought this from you? I, so, I don't think, dude, if you're spending money and you know, I, if anything, I think it would give seller confidence when you need to sell or trade or barter that you want a, some sort of certificate of authenticity. Uh, we have pod Tanner. Why don't you answer this question? We have pod asking, what's the story with the button, the, uh, the, the robot button explain. About, about like yeah. my personal story with the button, or or like no, what? no, like what's the story with the button? What what tell the story? Why is that? What what is that button all about? <laughs> yeah, that's for another time. I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to explain? Uh, wait, are you asking like the drama behind me getting the button, or like what the button's what? about? Yeah, I, I thought that's what... about, I don't know about drama oh, behind oh. getting a button. I'm, there's a that's that's why I misfits, showed it. Okay. No, the misfits okay. made buttons. Yeah. With 138, and people would ask them, "What is the yeah. meaning of 138?" And they would laugh at them and make fun of them and say, "What? You don't know what that means?" It was a whole thing. That's the story with the button. That's all I meant. I don't. Okay. I don't know what okay. Story. <laughs> Sorry. You, you missed like that I said, part. I don't know. I do not know anything about collecting. That's why I'm so interested to have you on. That's why I'm asking so many questions. And again, I'm not interested in necessarily personal drama i'm talking about the general cutthroat nature of collecting and just you know why do we collect and 
you know, um, uh, how the market works. Like, t explain to me, how does the market work? What, it's generally eBay. Do you just like, do you, is it like trolling the open ocean with a net and you're like on eBay and you do a search and you find, like, go, break it down for me. The uh, I very, very rarely use eBay because that's where the people like to throw their money around and show off. So that's never my thing. There's like a running joke okay. between some of the collectors that I can find anything and it's because I just know how to use Facebook pretty much. You know, <laughs> you can just find okay. pretty much anything on Facebook. Most of my stuff I bought on Facebook or from like my Instagram, I'd see people that were around back then and they'd say, Hey, I have this. And I got a couple of things like that. But a lot of it's just asking, you know, you meet one guy and he's like, Oh yeah, I, I knew Jerry only in 1988. And you just, you just keep following the trail. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So it's like person, it's like person to person relationships. Yeah, in, absolutely. Uh, in the 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 buyer seller collectors market, in order to sort of make it work. I think that's kind of back to what you said about the uh, certificate of authenticity thing. Most of the stuff, if you're buying it, you know what's real. You don't need to, because you can tell if you if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on a poster, you hopefully you know what a, a real one looks like. You know what I mean? Right. But, so, but here's my okay. But here's my here's my rebuttal though. My one rebuttal is this. Now let's say that for whatever reason, uh, again, no judgment on on the the seller. Let's say that you you have a bunch of kids and you just lost your job. You need to sell your collection. Really sucks. Like shitty situation. Uh, you go to an auction house and the auction house goes, "What? Where's the certificate of authenticity? You got to have something to prove that's fair purchase." And that's where I wonder, does it make sense? Are you hurting your investment, whether you're in it for the collecting, for the glory of the collecting, or you're in it? Because listen, on some level, even though, and you could tell me I'm wrong, but on some level, even as a collector for, who's collecting for the sake of collecting, on some level, you must, it is an investment. You're putting money oh, into yeah. this thing, right? For, so like, for sure, yeah. So on some level, there must be some sort of, and I guess maybe you've created enough of a reputation that people would know, be like, oh, well, this guy always has a lot of stuff that's, you know, the, the legit shit. So, of course, I know that what I'm getting from him is going to be legit. Yeah. If, if you want, like, uh, something funny here, my buddy Taryn sent me a link to a, a Bonhams auction for a Misfits yeah. Maxis poster. It was, it was yeah. a bootleg. It was complete junk. You just look at it, you could tell. So stuff like that leaks out all the time. But how do you know? How, how can you tell? Because the posters were black and white, and they didn't have red on them, and there was red on this one. Mm. And you could different mm. sizing stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just... Bobby Steele had a one of a one of a kind mylar. Yeah. Was rolled up. I he didn't show it to me when I was at his house, but it was rolled up in a tube, and um, he wasn't sure if it was gonna break, if it was brittle or something. So he didn't want to take it out of the tube. I think he eventually he sold it to Umberto. Umberto yeah. had it. He posted so... a picture in your group. Oh, did he? I, I yeah. don't even maybe don't remember. Um, I love that book. I think that book, it's like, look, it's a great way to immortalize a collection, you know, sure. it's of like, Hey, here, here is all, all the gems, all the stuff. Um, so now what, so what happens? You meet some collectors, you get to know some collectors. They're like, you see that they're on the up and up and, are there some like 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 liver die buys that you're just like I know you're gonna like give me a lead? Is it about leads? What about lead? Is leads involved in this? Dude, I I don't think I've ever gotten a lead from anybody. People like once they get wow. something, it's on them. You know what I mean? 
and if someone has given me a lead and I'm forgetting, I'm sorry. I'm old. But it's <sighs> it just seems like a very competitive cutthroat um sport. Yeah. It's a sport of Oh, of dude, absolutely. <laughs> People get so obsessed over. It. I'm kind of slowing down a lot recently cuz I got other priorities. I still like all this stuff, but I I kind of just keep my nose in the water and I see all these people and I, to me on the outside now it kind of looks ridiculous but you know, that was me a year ago you know now how does now explain to me how an, how does an eBay what give me the ins and outs of like the eBay side of things I know you say you don't use eBay but the for, from an outsider perspective from someone who's not a collector you always it's eBay right the eBay race <laughs> the eBay you're, you're, you're racing down to the end of the clock what are some what are some tips and tricks for people out there? And here's another question for you. If you don't have context, is is the best way to liquidate a collection through eBay piece by piece? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. eBay prices right now are so stupid. You you said tips and the biggest tip I can yeah. give right now, and I don't know why everyone keeps doing this, everyone on eBay right now and misfit stuff is bidding immediately. There's like fifteen bids really? in the first hour. It's so stupid, you know. The common courtesy is to at least wait to the last minute to try to snipe it. But now with well, these prices are just so stupid. Everyone bids on the first day and everything goes through the roof. It's That's, stupid. You know, that is really, really fa- that. See, this is what fascinates me. So how do you, what is like, what are, are there surefire methods to beat somebody in an eBay auction? Uh, like the unspoken rule of collecting stuff is, if you see something good on eBay, don't post about it, which everyone seems to kind of break that rule now. They see like a, gotcha. oh, here's a, a beware signed by Glenn in 83, and they're like, post on Facebook. So then everyone's on it, you know what I mean? And gotcha. That's, but there's really no way to just, there's like sniping apps you can use and stuff like that, but there's no surefire is, way. Is, um, would you say, are, are there are there etiquette? Is there etiquette to, like, Oh, 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 okay. Before we get to the etiquette, well, I guess what you said was etiquette, but do you, do you ever deal with like green newbies who come in and like they just blow up the spot immediately and you're just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, it's 24-7 these days. That's kind of why I'm not into it because, you know, we're all new at some point, but these guys are like new plus. It's incredible. They just, they just gotcha. throw all caution to the wind. They're like, you know what? I got money to burn. Let me just throw it down and waste it. Gotcha. Um, now, like I said, is there like what kind of etiquette do you have? Is there any kind of honor, <laughs> yeah. any kind of honors, etiquette, honor <laughs> to make it like, uh, to make it fair, or, you know, like chival, like, like the, the chivalrous codes of knights. Like, is there, any, <laughs> is, there any, is there anything for collecting at all? Uh, I mean, there's no like set in stone rules. There's no handbook that says like, you shall not buy this record if your homie wants it first. But there's, if you're friends with people, usually it goes a lot better. But it's hard to stay friends with people, at least in my opinion, because everyone's kind of out for themselves. It's not like I can't judge them for it because obviously everyone wants their own stuff. But, you know, people get too hung up on it, in my opinion. Um, now... Like, what about the wild? Like, I'll tell you, twice in my life, I hit, I got lucky in the wild where I got a first pressing of a Danzig, a European Danzig, UK pressing of Danzig one, which I think is a pretty, that was a pretty good, uh, was a pretty yeah. good get for 23 euros. That's not bad. And um, paper thin vinyl, though, like crack, could crack in two seconds. 
Um, and I got my my Sam Hain initium, which I've talked about in nauseum. Um, have you had any like incredible finds like that where you're just in the wild, you're like, holy shit, I know what that is, and I'm gonna buy it, and yada yada yada. Uh, I went to Generation Records in New York City in like 2017, and I know it well. And they had a, a Misfits record on the wall, and they wanted yeah. like triple the price for it, and I said. That's ridiculous. You're an idiot. And that's the closest thing we've ever seen to something good out on the wall. But it's hard um, these days. I don't go outside a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's uh, I've noticed that you go to a record store and like I, I saw o- the only time I ever saw only Theater of Pain, which is a Christian death record in the wild. And it was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, fuck, I want that so bad. Uh, but I cannot afford to spend a hundred dollars on a single record, no matter how much it means to me. The most I've ever paid for a record was the Sam Hain initium for $50. That's a deal these days. Yeah, it was a deal. Um, by the way, if you're just joining us, please move from Facebook to YouTube. We cannot see your comments. I'm sorry. What were you saying, Tanner? Oh yeah, like with discogs and stuff like that. Every time you know, record stores, in a good way, are more educated about the stuff they have because everyone knows that misfit stuff's expensive. That's not like news to anybody these days. So finding something rare is slim to none. Tell me about that. Tell me about um, tell me about discogs because this is new to me. Not uh, new to me, but like it's something I don't know a lot about because discogs, as far as I understand. It's a cataloging site that also has its own marketing place. Is marketplace? I, is that correct? I think yeah. I think it's one of the worst websites on the planet. So I don't use it. Like the UI on it is just absolutely garbage. So I never use okay. it. People swear by it, okay. but it's not me. That's not my style. It, it works. Doctor Airlift wants to know if you've ever been ripped off. Uh, yeah, by one of Jerry's buddies. I hope he's watching this. You owe me three hundred bucks. Oh shit! <laughs> I Ouch. just texted him today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I hope that resolves itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rue says the first rule of Discogs is you don't talk about Discogs. <laughs> um, I've used Discogs as a tool for finding out, you know, information about artists and stuff, but I've never, ever yeah. explored the marketplace. I do know that someone had a tape for sale on Discogs. This guy who I, I know uh, he lives right next to me. And I have tried to no avail to get, you know, get him to let me digitize this tape. And he's quite the character. It. He is quite the he's character. And got he's got a good collection. A very, yeah, he's owned a very popular record store back in the day. Uh, I have a lot of mutual friends with him, and his, his the the chain of the chain of ownership is very very short. Like it was literally given to him by Jerry, in one of Jerry's gregarious. Ah, here you go. Ah, take this, you know. Yeah. Turned out to be a <laughs> turned out to be a real treasure. And I hope someday I don't think it's even a you can't even see the listing. It's not it's not there publicly, I don't think. But um yeah, that's a very special tape, and I hope that it gets digitized before it gets demagnetized because that is an unfortunate reality with some of this stuff. You know, you gotta be you know, vigilant and whatnot. There's, there's so many cassettes out there that people don't realize. There's one similar to the tape we're talking about right now. Yeah. And um, just sits there. The guy just likes it because Jerry gave it to him. He says, it's a good memory. Jerry was a good friend. It just sits there. He doesn't do anything with it. Really? Yeah. There's no attention wow. to selling it. Wow. It's cool. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you know, the other thing, and I talked about this on previous episodes too. The other problem is for some people, it's their intellectual property. And mm. what does that mean? It means if you shot the band, you own the copyright of that footage. It's not something, you know, I mean, you have to take these things into consideration when people don't share something because they might stand to profit from it someday. And it's not yours to fucking give away unless they say it's okay. And if they share it with you, you have to be considerate of their intellectual property. So, you know, there's that. I think there's that to consider, too, when people sit on stuff or when stuff doesn't come out. Um, and some stuff gets destroyed, straight up gets destroyed. And it's a real shame when it happens. It's really sad. Um, and, you know, that's why, you know, again, it's it's good when you have people that are out there collecting the stuff because they're kind of keeping it safe in a weird kind of way. They're keeping it uh, preserved. Um, so let me ask you this. So you, when you when you do have company, you sound like you're kind of like a, a wallflower loner type. Of, you're a loner, Dottie. You're a loner. But when you do have a friend over and you get to like, show, is that your favorite? Like to get to show no. them the goods. You don't show them the goods. No, I have all the goods on display. They like poking at it and touching at it, but I don't know. I just I like having my own stuff. I don't need other people to see. It. I used to post about all the stuff I'd buy, but so you're like my precious. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> it's just for me. I mean, these kids like basketball and football and stuff like that. They're not going to be like, oh, that's a super sweet skateboard deck they just kind of like why do you spend 900 dollars on a skateboard deck you know also i don't know if it comes up on camera but it's so hot in my room and if i look super greasy i apologize nah, nah, you look fine <laughs> you work in a pizza shop you told me right yeah i work today dude i feel like i'm just sweating grease right now you want to know you want to know what you do when you when you know what pizza jockeys do when they work in a pizza shop it gets too hot in there from being next to the ovens, you take a slice of pizza and you just wipe your face down with it. They don't have towels. They just wipe their face down. That's all crazy. Get my no, I'm, just, skin. I'm just breaking balls. I'm just breaking balls. No, no, you look fine, dude. Don't worry. Um, but, okay, so, oh, God, we I just hit a pothole. What we were talking about, oh, the collecting, showing your friends collections, wanting to keep it for yourself. Um, that's cool. I can, I can also appreciate that on, on, on that level as well. Now explain to me the bartering, how does bartering work within the trading or within the collecting community? You got a couple extra something special. Do you, and you're like, I need to diversify my portfolio by, you know, offloading something that I have extra of. Okay. What is that? That's a fiend club button. If, if anyone, if anyone needs OG fiend club buttons, I got like four extras. <laughs> so I'm always yeah. good for, for more junk. Um, it's okay, Tanner, for me to uh, express to the audience watching right now that if you are interested in any, any of the goodies that, that Tanner chooses to share with us. Yeah, you're he's, he's selling stuff. By the way, if you're just joining us, please take a moment to like, share, subscribe. Before we take a look, I want to take a look at some of Tanner's choice pieces. Before we get there, I want to finish this question. So explain to me again, how does it work? So you, you got, how do you decide uh, how to do a trade? How do you trade something? What is What goes into that? Um, man, I never sell stuff or trade stuff. So just to, preface what you just said if anyone wants to buy anything from me i only accept unreasonable offers i want stupid money boo -hoo ah, bucks okay. but back to you. back okay. to your question um <laughs> like <laughs> trading stuff is is weird because like i traded a spare walk among us poster for 
this bullet button, you know, one of those things is this big and one of those things is this big. Right. So really for me, I always try to make trades that make sense Not you know, cause that's, they're kind of about the same worth until walk among us posters went through the roof for some reason, but it's really just the price and the rarity kind of thing. I traded, like I have a horror business alt sleeve over here that yeah. I traded. This was probably one of the, I hope Umberto's watching this. One of the dumbest things I did as a kid is I found a one of a kind fiend club envelope that was just one color. It was not a color that was available. And I yeah. found it, I found it, this, absolute scumbag had it with a couple records i got it for 200 bucks it was the whole thing it was stupid and i traded it for this alt sleeve looking back i regret that immensely but you live and you learn yeah but on some level you want it's like it, it it something that may be more monetarily valuable might have more of a collector's or sentimental value for you and therefore a great example of what you were saying Oh, I traded the button. Oh, shit. That sucks. Oh, it is what it is. Sorry, I just knocked over my thing and it stopped recording. Ah, whatever. It's all right. What's backed up in the cloud, baby? Doesn't matter. In any case, um, it's like what you said. Like, this thing's this small. This thing is this big. But this means something to me. I need to have it for the collection. So, therefore, yeah. it does have a value. Uh, sure. Someone's asking, Sid, Sydney Sickness, great great youtube handle sydney sickness so mm-hmm. ask him about his november coming poster uh blah, november coming fire poster behind him it's fan made i have it on my wall too so can you jeff yeah Dude, motherfucker 93 yeah I, I got that one but if we want to talk about i got a real one right here i don't just need bootlegs what <laughs> um, can't yeah, see it my you bu- show it to us uh, fuck. my buddy my buddy cliff made this one behind me cliff's a great guy uh, he makes a bunch of cool stuff. I yeah. like Cliff a lot. He's cool. But this is, this came off a wall in Kentucky. Well, actually, let me, this guy had two of them. One of them, Glenn gave them to him backstage and one came off the wall of the show. So it's one of the two. Wow. Uh, That's super rare right there. Uh, they're not super rare because they're all the same main posters were printed a whole bunch pretty much besides like yeah. the screen ones. Fuck, this is large. Uh, but yeah, they're cool. I don't see them come up often anymore. I thought I lost this. That is really here. cool. I found it just for you. Uh, Umberto says the red envelope is in the book. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, you're welcome, Umberto. Thank you. I hope you. <laughs> Where'd that second one go? Um. So, all right. Before we continue, real quick, again, please take a moment to like, share, subscribe. I'm gonna just do. We gotta. We gotta. Ha- we have a commercial coming up for a few seconds. Tanner, sit tight for one second while I, while I do my little commercial. Okay, we gotta we gotta do the commercial. This is for the this is for the um, Patreon. Let me tell you a little bit about the Patreon. But I'm doing it in three minutes flat. That's how it works. So I don't I'm not endlessly going ADHD about it, and I never shut the fuck up. Here you go, three minutes, and I'll shut the fuck up. Ready and now. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal 
is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents. All right, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. That was the quick commercial break. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Not saying another word about Patreon. I think that's pretty good, right? Keeps it nice and simple, straightforward to the point. Um, all right. So Tanner, you, you talked about, what were we talking about? We were talking about, you were, oh, you were going to show us some of your primo treats. So Tanner, what, okay. what do you got going on to show us, show us some shit, man. I'm going to start off with this cool. one. Cause, cause I saw Umberto's in the chat. So I got to yeah. thank Alberto for this one. I, I don't hold a grudge against him too much. Like, <laughs> so it just, you know, nice Ooh. old, old horror business, but with that Ooh. alternate sleeve, <laughs> I think Great. it looks, I think it looks much it. cooler than w what would come. Oops. You can't see it, but everyone knows what horror business looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I'm not really a big. I'm not a big. I'm not a big record guy, which is kind of surprising. A lot of people like the records. I'm more of a, a paper guy. But why why one, is that? Why are you a paper guy over a record guy? Why? Explain. You can display paper. Records on walls kind of look dumb, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's no, more artwork. Very true. Very that makes sense. So that we're talking about Sam Hain. Talk about Sam Hain. Is that the one lyric? of these? Is that the Well lyrics? this is the this is the fold out poster. Right. Ooh. Wow. That's okay. That's not uh, as bad as John Voice of Doom. With the titty shot, John Voice of Doom. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, that was great. Here's um, something you don't see often. It's the center label. So that would be oh, pressed cool. into the vinyl. There's, yeah. a, I think, like 25 of these. That might be the Walk Among Us one. I'm not quite sure. 
But like I said, do you I have said, a lyric sheet? Do you have a lyric sheet for the Initium? For, I don't have one for Initium. Everyone has the November Coming Fire one. I have one of those, but the Initium one ones are rare. Can't find them. Right. I you got know, one for when they. You know, it's funny though. They we we always thought that they were. Uh, I thought they were bootleg. We used to think on Misfit Central that it was a bootleg thing. We didn't really? realize they were real. Yeah, <laughs> like way like years and years and years ago. Uh, we all know that it's that's not the case today. Um, um, it's pretty cool though. Here's a cool thing. When you make a flyer back in the day, you need like a like a, a physical thing to copy and right. I think we lost your audio. Yep, lost your audio. Sister just called me. So this is the uh, the we, original. We didn't hear what you said. We Thank didn't hear God. What you said. Say it uh, again. I said uh, this is the original. Like this is a photo print that was yeah, used. Yeah, look at that was to use this if you ever look at the back of walk among us that's that photo shoot and what's all right wait hold it up for a second hold it up i want to talk about it for a second so this is so cool guys look at this i've talked about this on my channel before but what's awesome about it yeah push it up closer to the camera just so i could really see it yeah so what's really cool about this you know guys in the days before youtube in the days before youtube you uh, not YouTube before Photoshop. If you wanted to make, if you wanted to make a flyer, you'd have to do it physically like this. Hold it up again, one more time, Tanner. Look at that. You have to cut out the things. You couldn't make it. If you wanted to make something smaller, you'd have to Xerox it. You'd have to shrink it via Xerox, then cut it out and then repaste it on. You couldn't just shrink it digitally. And that's that's the like the the analog process the art of of knowing how to lay out something it's not easy it's 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 a beautiful in a way just in the way that like you know a shoemaker is like a craft or like i don't know some bolt like a candle maker man there is such a craft to punk rock flyer and whatever layout doing stuff like that right um Tanner, what is the process? And you see this all the time, too. It's like an aesthetic that you see where they do a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox to sort of transform the shape of something. Are you familiar with the technique I'm speaking of? I think what you're talking about kind of like applies to a couple of different things. But Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, me. I mean, like, if we take something like this, for example, if you if you ever seen, I think they never really use this to make an actual flyer. I know. One of my buddies has one, but it's the one yeah, I've, I've ever seen. seen that before. Never yeah. seen that before. The one that Amazing. actually that showed up is cuts Gwen out. It's a long one, but gotcha. Um, gotcha. Because when you're in Xerox, they make it really dark, and you know, actually, this this is a good transition point. You can't really see it, but Gwen used to color in his devil lock on photos before he'd Xerox it. So when mm -hmm. it would Xerox, it would look bigger and fuller. So you can see it on wow. here a little bit. The sharpie. Yeah. Wow. Shit. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That what you just described is something that can be done in Photoshop. We talk, you know, yeah. you think about you think about that in like a Photoshop sense, but it's like, oh, I want my my Devilock to look thicker. I'm gonna take a photo of myself. I'm gonna do my layout, and then I'm gonna you know color it in to make it look thicker and darker than it really is. You know, he's a genius. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is this is really cool. I think yeah, yeah. I'm never, us, I'm ne I'm never I've never showed this publicly. It's kind of uh, ridiculous. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's see it. Show us the show us the goods. So <laughs> you know, the nineties, their misfits are coming back. I'm not really a big fan, but it still happened. But I like what the right. what, 
but you know they got to make some new instruments. So these are Jerry's original sketches for his Devastator wow. days. Wow! Wow! I would show more of it, but it, it's got everything on there. Someone could replicate it to I, a T. I I respect I respect your um, privacy, uh, and I appreciate you showing it. That is really freaking crazy. Look at that! If you ever go to Jerry's house, he's got a a copy of it that's a little bit different. He says he's got yeah. the original, but this is on paper and mine's on poster board, so I don't think this is a copy. Um, can you? Is that something that you could talk about a little bit, or is that kind of like uh, top secret stuff? Have, uh, you been to, have you seen? Have you seen the uh, the? Have you been to Pro Edge? Have you seen the pit? I have. I have not, not the been. Pit. I've not been there. I've, people have sent me pictures. My friends, I get. We got some mutual gotcha. friends in there who like to kind of tease me. Gotcha. You know? But gotcha, gotcha. Right in his kitchen. There's just he's sitting there, and I've got the real ones, yeah. Jerry. So if you want them, <laughs> um, what what else? Uh, what else? That what else is interesting? What is really like super valuable in the sense, or rare, or like um, I don't know, like something that's like that people are like frothing for at the mouth right now in the collectors market. But anything that like people are just like. Holy shit, like, like, and, and that's another question, too. Does stuff come in and out of, like, Vogue? Like, oh, my God, for these sure. are really hot right now. Everybody wants this for their collection. Now they want this. You know, like, how does that work? Yeah, it's just, it's a phase. It's just like anything. Like, this is, this is something I bought from my buddy Troy. This also goes back to Umberto, too. Everything goes back to him in the long run. But these were kind of hot for a minute. The, the Plan 9 skate decks, you know. But wow! These ones, if you can notice, there's nothing on them. They're blank. These are the uh, these are the blank what? decks. There's well, I never screened them, so they're just blank, oh, cool. blank Zorlac decks. These were everywhere for a minute. Now no one cares about them. Diamond doesn't. <laughs> Stuff like uh, that. Question, question. What's the deal with the bone white? I heard something about a bone white November coming fire. Is that a bootleg or what's that? I don't know if you saw me, but when you said you were going to ask me about it, I was going like this because I have no idea. I think oh, that's, you have no idea. I okay, think that's probably. I think that was that April Fool's meme, you know. I got the- you. Do you um, now? I know you're not a fan of. Oh, look at those! Look at those! Beautiful. I love these. These are I, some of man, my favorites. I love that. I love that Fiend Club one. Is my favorite. That's the original, right? That's the 1979 original. Am well, I correct? Well, this was earlier, but the like the first ones that. At least I know of. They use the Maxis screen, so like the black. No, no. Go business. back to that other one. Go back to that other one. Um, my understanding, not that one. That one. This one, yes, but with different colors, like a slightly colorful version of this. Isn't that the first uh, envelope that they sold out? Uh, sent out? No, first one was the Black Horror Business one, which was they used the Maxis screen. Oh wow! I did not realize that. Okay, so there was one before that. That was the original. I think. Uh, yeah. And then that one I've seen a lot. The the Fiend Club logo yeah. one. You see, I, yeah, you see that a lot. I think these ones are much more common. There's different colors. This was the red yeah. envelope I was talking about earlier that Umberto got for me, but I just have a black one now. This came gotcha. from Jerry's Garage. I'm sorry, Carol wow. Kramer in Farm Hits, Missouri. You never got your envelope. <laughs> but I got it, and I got all the cool stuff that was in it too, so thanks. Ouch! Ouch! It was full. It was it was pregnant with things inside. That's crazy. There was some mail. Was, oh, there's a B on my stuff. Um, Robbie Bloodshed wants to know what's the oldest piece in your collection. 
probably oh man i gotta think now oh man uh this this button probably is that's gotta that's pretty early this is better when Gwen hand pressed the buttons so that's 78, 78. yeah right around yeah. there um yeah i don't know there's not not enough stuff from 77 out there i wish there was more now, let me ask you this in your research in your understanding of things the misfits name predates the year 1977 as early as 1976 that's what i that's what i always heard i don't know if you ever got the pleasure to talk to jimmy battle i but, did i did uh, speak i have an email from jimmy battle as well as one from diane de piazza yeah i'm jealous of that one i never got diane she read my messages but never got back to me she responded she was very sweet very oh, nice she? and i was yeah very very cordial and i totally understood where her position on things and uh left her <laughs> i love this guy geet just got here what has he missed he referred to him in the third person i love this guy Yeet. <laughs> um yeah uh yeah D jimmy battle says as early and it's possible that glenn was using the name as well, early as nineteen seventy six, that might make sense. Have you ever seen that shirt that Glenn? Right, in the, French. It's yeah, in French. yeah, exactly. I got the. Oh, I showed Robbie this. This is the book that name came from. Oh wow! Look at that. Uh, it's so kind of, it's kind of sucky. The book isn't very good, but. <laughs> well, we do know that Glenn was very much into literature and you know Charles Bukowski and and things and whatnot. So you know, this book is right up his alley. That. Yeah. It's right up his alley, exactly. Now, um, do you think that when he was doing that sort of art, art that iconography in 76, do you think that maybe, because, you know, a part of me wonders, was Glenn like kind of like designing clothes or maybe he would have yeah. gone in the style of like fashion had he not done a punk band? You know what I mean? Like on some level. I uh, you see what he did in 1979 with with Natasha's storefront and George Charrington and yada yada yada. I um, without giving too much away, I know some collectors don't believe me out here, but there is a a first Misfits shirt, and it's it's different. It's it's a weird mix of like art punk and horror yeah. punk. A lot cool. of people, a lot of people, like I know Frank Licata always says that the horror thing was coming while he was in there, but you can right. definitely tell it was in Glenn the whole time, especially like yeah. 77. And the, the first shirt that I had seen is you look at it and you're like, okay, this is the Misfits, but it's just far away from a, an actual Misfits I mean, design. He grew up on hor horror movies were always there. Famous yeah. Monsters of Film Man was always there, but I think that when he approached music, he did not approach it from that horror aspect. He approached it from the, from what was happening in New York. Oh, for you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. And that's, and he's coming at it from like suicide meets the doors meets like, you know, art rock, you know, we're not even going to have, we're going to be super avant-garde. We're not even going to have a fucking guitar player, you know, uh, which yeah, no. probably a lot of different, but I mean, again, too, you look at a song like come back. A lot of those early songs sounds like they are written on a piano. They don't for sound sure. like they're written on a guitar, which is what I said in the very, very first episode of this this whole series and whatnot um now let me ask you this where uh what ha what has happened recently and we're gonna we're gonna you have a friend we're gonna bring on a friend in a few um you recently uh recently in the 
recently I, I love seeing the 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 friendship bond that's wonderful a beautiful thing uh cherish those cherish those because sometimes they you know it's just it's good to have as i always say it's nice to have a hundred pennies but it's even better to have four quarters you know better yeah. than four quarters make yourself sound um, old no but it's true it's a true it's a good it's a good adage to have it's a good adage to have um I've, what what has caused the the massive massive inflation in the market? Like just we've seen records just go for stupid ugly money. Started last year, really. I think, or at least that's when it caught my eye. It might have even been earlier than that. Like, what's going on? When when did you start to notice it? Take me through a timeline. I can. What's going on? I can remember when I got into collecting like real seriously, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put all my money towards this stuff. A Green Earth AD sold for two thousand dollars, and everyone was like, whoa. Prices are ridiculous. Who would spend two thousand dollars on this green record? Green Beast, the Green no, Beast. No, no, the, the Green Earth AD, like the the yeah, record green, green Beast. No, the yes, Green they... the Green Beast is different. That's the sleeve. What? Green Beast is Wolf's Blood. That's uh. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Wait, so have I been? Wait, so you're telling me the one hundred Green Earth ADs are not known as Green Beasts? No, those are just called Green Earth ADs. So no, those are Green Beasts. Hey, okay, so here's a Wolf's Blood, right? Normal. Oh. Standard wolf's blood. What? And yeah. then, and then here's the green beast version Wait, with the with the skull balls and the snake dick. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. There's some skull balls and the snake dick. I like that. Yeah, we'll put that on the record. It's perfect. I wish so I bought. That's what. Yeah, I don't know if you see. That's why it's called a green beast. Because yeah, not... I see it slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got something Dude. cool to show you revolving those. Hold on, uh, hold on. Wait, balls. Tanner, Tanner, Tanner. Wait for wait. Are are you are you sure? I'm pretty sure green beast simply means a green earth AD. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, is... I'm I'm shocked because literally I've thought this for like 15 years. No, they just you see it green. Like the color palette got swapped, so everything that's green right, is but, orange and orange is green. But isn't it green? Is the record green as well? No, this is a black a black record. The the earth ADs that are pressed on green. Those are green, and those are just yeah. called green Earth ADs. Green They're green beasts. They're not green beasts. They're green beasts <laughs> in my heart forever. They're green beasts. What were you going to say? You were saying something's really cool or something or else. Oh, I said, I'll, I'll show you something really cool. After I don't think anyone – it didn't really make a lot of a noise, but there was a, a companion piece that went with this original artwork that the, the Carol Stockard, the artist, sold on eBay, and I lost it because I was at work. But it's really cool, and it kind of blends in with this. There's like a part two, if you know what I'm saying. There's a part two of that piece that's part of the original yeah, piece that Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Saw in that that fateful fanzine. Now, do you think right, you know, I think I've seen it actually. It's maybe. a there's a, there's another I might uh, have seen that. Demon I balls. The original, yeah. Remember seeing the original or maybe it's in the book. Is it in the Scream With Me book? Is that where I saw it? Well, Birdo has the, the original artwork for Wolf's Blood in the book, but he does not have the secondary piece because it wasn't really meant for the misfits if you get what i'm saying gotcha um chris is asking if you've insured your collection and it's not a bad listen that's a smart move have you not I, insured it my my family keeps saying i should do that and hey chris Dude. we talked a long time ago i hope you're doing good in salem chris is gonna come on the show some point in the future i want to talk to him cool. about his experiences chris is cool i like chris have him on the show. He just started talking about how he was at shows and stuff. I was like, "There's that picture man. of him." Yeah, we had Tony Matura. Shout out to Tony. I haven't seen Tony in a while, and his um, 
love Tony. Subway. Tony's awesome. And he, man, he was like, yeah, I was around back then. I saw them. I was like, dude, Tony, come on the show. And he did. And it was great. It was really, really great. I watched Tony's an one. awesome dude. Miss you, Tony. Hope you're well. Um, but yeah, I want to talk to, I'm excited to talk to Chris. Oh, we have Eric in the house. How you doing, Eric? What's going on? Showing us some skulls. That's cool, man. Uh, and, and Taryn wants to let me know that I am wrong. That green beast is a German earth AD in green. Whatever. Love you, <laughs> Whatever you guys <laughs> actually. Taryn's a good guy. You should, you should get Taryn on the show. All right. All right. He, he has a stupid accent, but besides that, he's cool. <laughs> um, so, okay. Junk food kid is asking, has Tanner seen the earth volume two yet? And what does he think of it? And yeah, by the way, guys, the fiend collector, this guy, the fiend collector, his name's Michael. He's a really nice guy from my interactions with him. He's got uh, a website where he's recataloging stuff and he's got a book. He's like rewritten the book on, misfits collecting and whatnot he's put out the second volume it probably is sold out already if it's not sold out go check it out go support it's independently put together and i don't have a link at the moment but it's on the the lodi facebook page go seek it out please those guys those guys are uh i like michael and i like fred the guy who does it with him i think they're great guys that book is it for me that is it my up my alley i was not interested in buying it but Anyone who gotcha. wants it, I think you should buy it. Good on those guys, but not for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so when did you start to see everything explode? Oh yeah. Market? So like 2016, the Green Earth AD went for two grand. Everyone's like, "This is ridiculous. Who would ever buy that?" And then the Misfits reunited. You know, that was boom. Prices went up a little bit, but now gotcha. it's it's snowballing. And I think what a lot of it is, and this might sound kind of corny or cliche, but the stuff Glenn's doing is back then at least is it's artwork. It's not just records. There's this is this stuff could be in a museum. The posters he'd screen, the records he made. Right. Totally agree. It's masterpiece totally agree. work, and I think mm-hmm. people are one buying it because they're like, "Wow, this shit's cool," and mm-hmm. two, because it, it seems to hold its value. You know, it might not forever, but there's always going to be some value. It's good stuff. Like this is a this is one of my favorite records. I love Marilyn Monroe. This is one of the things that got me into wow. the band. I love everything about it. I wish I had a purple one. I let my buddy buy the purple I was going to buy. He owe me a favor on that one. I've held one. I've held a purple and a black in my hand at the same time. But I love this thing, and I got this yeah. for four hundred bucks, and I was that was the most I'd spent on a record. I was like, oh, this is what? ridiculous, and I just saw one of these sell for like two grand. That's ridiculous. It used to be a dime a dozen. But now here's what's interesting. Interesting. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. before you talk, show me that. Let's talk about that for a minute. I think the or I think Who Killed Marilyn is a very interesting thing that we don't talk about enough on this show. And the reason why I want to talk about it, I want to get your opinion, your two cents on this. Glenn is in the middle. He's everything he's released up to this point is under the, the moniker of the misfits, right? And then all of a sudden he just and he's talked about the reasons behind. I think he talks about it in the Pusshead interview. Um, do you think there is that that is any inkling of Glenn dipping his toe in the water going, I'm going to try and go solo. Like the first time that he's really unhappy with the band, they're inactive and I'm going to try and strike out on my own. And in order to do that, in order to not have to deal with royalties, I'm going to play all the instruments and listen, you can like who killed Maryland all you want for me personally. And I'm speaking just in my opinion, personally, 
I, I we the the drumming every it sounds it's not good. It doesn't the, the vocals are great, but the guitar playing and the bass everything's very rudimentary. It's Glenn really really trying his very best to say, "Look, I can do this all by myself." The songs themselves are great. I love those songs, but the Misfit versions are a lot better because the players have a lot better chops than Glenn does at that time as he's doing that stuff. What do you think? I'm curious um, to get your opinion. I think yeah, I, a lot of people would disagree with me. They say the same thing you do about how it sounds. I think it's a perfect record, but that's just because I love it so much. So that's, you know, I'm clearly showing, looking at it with some romantic goggles on. But I think I, I've heard from some friends of Glenn back then that he had mentioned wanting to do his own thing as early as 1981. He was like, I'm over this. Right. So, right. you know, it makes sense. It, I can't remember when this came out, 80, 81, something like that. So it, uh, I think it might have been the summer of 80? Something like that. I think it was in the summer. I think um, I think Glenn's was, never content. I think he's never content and always wants to do right. something. You know what I mean? He just right. can't. So I think that's what it came out of. Right. I think I think the band ending was kind of. He likes to look back on it and say, "Oh, at the Santa Monica Civic, Santa Monica Civic Center, I, I said this was my last formal show." But I think the Greystone right. thing, he just kind of decided on the spot and was like, you know, "Screw it, we're done." At least in my opinion. Right. Well, the, I think that's one hundred percent true because they were up to that point. They might have been going to Europe. Yeah, that was like, on. That was in discussion. So it was. I think you're right. It was absolutely impromptu with how the show was going. He just couldn't take it anymore. It's like our brand new drummer just shit the bed. Um, and, and and at the end of the day, it's like, why not just have Todd Swallow <laughs> to begin with? Like, I mean, dude, he's Love right Todd. there. You know, or like friggin' Steve Zing or like somebody or Erie or whoever. Like, just like, just throw them in there. They're all, they're all capable of drumming, like, you know, hardcore drumming. Just have them jump in and do the thing, you know, uh, the 4-4 four, four time. And, um, you know, they, they had dates, they had dates coming up and they just all, you know, Glenn's like, screw this. I'm going to do totally go I, in a different direction. I got a couple flyers here for, well, they're like small ads from the village voice for shows yeah. and for shows that ended up being canceled. So that's, I always thought really? that was, yeah, I, it should Wait, be. These are post, these are in later in 1983. These, yeah, these were shows that were planned and then they just never happened. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That were not Germany. So they're not no, in uh, Misfit Central? No, no they're Dover what? Showplace in New Jersey. Get the fuck out of here, dude. I'd like to say this. Um, Misfit Central That's is a missing a whole lot of stuff. We know there is, uh, I love Misfit Central. Mark Kennedy was a great guy to me. I haven't talked to him in a while. Love you, Mark. But, um, Mark is the man. We miss you, Mark. Especially, you especially in like the, the 77 era, 78, there was so much missing from there. You know? They don't mention the other. They don't mention the other guy from the victim stuff like that. So yes, that's <laughs> right. That's right. They are missing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff missing. Uh, oh, I I found out some of that truth when I did a lot of interviews. Let's just say that. So those are um, wow. You, so if, those were shows that they had on the books in 1983. If you if you like if you cross date like what it was Saturday November 25th or whatever. Yeah. It was 1983 or whatever, 1980, you know, right. stuff like That's that. That's amazing. Yeah. So in addition to a tour of Germany, there were local shows planned. The Misfits were not going to break up, folks. They were not going to break up. They, only, they broke up because of how bad Greystone Hall went, you know. Um, 
crazy. So crazy. So crazy. Let me ask you this. Um, what do you think? What do you think would have happened had they stayed together a little bit longer? Do you think that they would have kept? Do you think that the they would have just imploded just a little bit more down the road? I think it was. Would... I think it was perfect that they ended because it just it just added on to the legacy. It was like a classic Gigi Allen line. He's like, if I die at the top, I'll always be at the top. And I think that's kind of what the Misfits did. Glenn saw it going down, and he was like, I'm out. So they kind of went off on like this legacy, you know, that held over for all these years. Well, I'll tell you, if <laughs> if that's what Gigi Allen said, then he could have he could have died right after <laughs> always was, is, and shall be, that's, or whatever. That, that is a great record. I love Let me tell you something. I'm not a fan of Gigi Allen at all, but that except for he, that song Carmelita is a beautiful song. Besides that song and besides that Jabbers record, I could give a flying shit about Gigi Allen. Yeah, that record, fucking golden. That, there's that, a couple uh, always... seven inches right after that you should check out. They're right, really same same era. The, a couple of songs that are not on the record. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was when he was really trying to legitimately be a musician. You know He's what I mean? He wasn't yeah. just uh, for sure. He wasn't just uh, uh, swallowing laxatives. See, that's the difference between we talked about this with Nick. Shout out to Nick, my co-host for the Iggy and the Stooges show, which is coming again this Sunday, guys. If anybody's down with Iggy and the Stooges, uh, we're doing a second episode covering the Stooges' first album. But we were talking about the difference between Iggy Iggy Pop and Gigi Allen, and the difference is that that Iggy pop, everything that he did was genuine from the bottom of his balls and everything that, that Gigi, you know, Gigi Allen was swallowing laxatives at the beginning of a set. Cause he knew he wanted to take a dump on the stage, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the different, like, like Iggy pop, when he ends the set and there's like, there's like holes in his chest from the drumstick that he stabbed. He had no intention of stabbing himself in the chest with a drumstick. It's just, that's what happened. He felt it in the heat of the moment. As as Screaming Jay Hawkins says, in the heat of the meat, wait, in the heat of the meat and the mass of the ass. <laughs> um, very cool. Uh, let's let's bring your friend on. Uh, oh, you're gonna show us something Ooh. real quick. What is that? Oh, you have I have one of those as well, but yours, I think yours looks way nicer than mine. Yours is on darker ink than mine. Mine mine is who's which ones was that? Was was that um LA? No, no, no. Who's do you know whose set list it was particularly? I think I got it from one of Glenn's guys, so I'm not quite sure, but I'd imagine I think Dave was the only one who had these paper ones, right? Yeah, okay. So then I, I didn't realize that. So I yes, I have Dave's as well. I think he's one of the paper. Sal B. I have to shout out no matter how I feel about Sal B today. I, I'll always love you, Sal, for that was a really nice thing you did for me. He uh he introduced me to Jerry. It was my first time meeting Jerry, and he brought me Dave Lombardo's set list, and that was a really nice thing for, of, of Sal to do. Joe met Sal that day, too. We were just joking about that. Sal B? Yeah. I, yeah before, be, before we get uh, Joe on, I want to show, like, two more things. Yeah, I oh, think, please. Show, listen. I, show I, I us kind of funny. Feel, show us some stuff. Show us some other shit. This is, uh, I think whatever this one's kind of funny. Like. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves erotica. It's an American classic. It's the Casablanca of our generation. <laughs> yeah, of course. And before they Woo! made the before they made the posters about it, I really yeah. wanted one of the posters. So this is the actual. It's way too big to show, but it's yeah. the it's the poster that would hang up in the movie theater 
for the, oh, the nice. first, for the first screening. So this is. Did you I, just nab that? Did you just rip that down and 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 walk out of there? No, I was, this was like a poster board, and we got it from the the girl who owns the movie theater. Oh wow! Very cool. That's oh, very cool. These ones I'm going to bring up just because I want to convince you to sell me those shirts you have. So I'm going to show some of mine. That will never happen, my friend. And the reason why... Oh, shit. The reason why, Tanner, the reason why I don't think that can ever happen is because they were given to me as a present. Everyone dies. I know. But you know what? They were given to me... Oh, I... Wow, that was really dark. Um, listen, if I... Listen, I'll tell you something. If it comes down to feeding my family, I'll sell anything that I have to sell, but... If, if I, I would never give away a gift that like Steve Zing gave me one of those orange Sam Hain buttons. I can never give that away. It's, it was a gift. It was like a present on my birthday. Like I would never could never sell that. And I know those are those those are pretty rare. All right. So, so this, I, you know, I pulled out a lot of the stuff I think you guys would get a kick out of. You guys like to joke around yeah. a lot. I'm obviously yeah. not a very funny person, but a classic Erie Vaughn design. Termites from Mars. Wow. Very cool. That's, and that's real. Oh, yeah. That's definitely Erie Vaughn because the, the stuff on the side that was done. Yeah. Look at that. These things are look tiny. At that. Oh, these guys were, these, I thought I was tiny. These guys are babies. You uh, know, um, wow. That, wait, that's, it's, that's a termites from Mars, you said? Yeah. There's a little termite guy. Wow. <laughs> that's uh, so cool. Now, did that come from any? Do you know where the original art comes from, or are they? Erie, I'm, I posted it one day on Facebook, and Erie remembered it. But now, off the top of my head, I have no idea. I think he drew it, probably. It just, it just, you know. Yeah, that's so sweet, man. Look at that. If anyone wants me to bootleg them, I'll screen them. Just pay me money. <laughs> now, you do actual like analog screening yourself. Yeah. I, not, I'm, I'm not very good at that. it, but um. <laughs> that's okay. I bookmarked that in my mind, Tanner. We'll talk. We'll talk sometime in the future. In after the future, we'll talk. after we're done with this, I'm doing some. This is uh, yeah. You should, oh, nice. you, should, you should be able to recognize this. Everyone Same. should. Oh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> seen that one a bunch. Classic, classic. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Oh, fuck! I'm just toss them over here. This one is. Um, those are so. Question, question. Those are in incredible condition compared to the ones that I have. Those came directly from Erie, or did you get them from one? Did... One came from Erie. One came from Erie's yeah. old bass player. This one oh, came from uh, uh, Mortis. No, Mort. Uh, Rob. Rob. Yeah, Rob. Rob. Rob's, Rob's a great What's guy. Up, Rob. Rob, we got to talk, buddy. You do, Rob. Got to talk to Rob. This is I'm yeah, a Astro Boy, man. I'm a huge Astro Boy fan. I've loved Astro Boy my whole life. And I asked Erie if he had one of these. This is Glenn's screen, not his screen. And he had wow. this one. So this is printed by Glenn and then painted by Erie. Some dork I stuff. I mean, guys, this is literally art on t shirts, handmade. I mean, this is so priceless. Like, like it's, it's so priceless. And now, 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 for those of you who are not aware, this is a little bit of a retread. I'm going to just say it super quick because I don't want to make a whole big deal about it. The, the Glenn and Jerry and Erie by proxy and the rest of the guys, they were printing these shirts and selling them. They had a T-shirt business. They were doing Hot Topic before Hot Topic. They were finding stuff that they couldn't get a T-shirt of. And making it, it's like I want a T-shirt oh. of, of Count Chocula. This is so cool, and 
you know, like, so I'm going to make a t-shirt of fucking Count Chocula, you know? Oh, I don't have it on me right now. But It's like Hot Topic before Hot Topic. And think about the, the industry that Hot Topic would, like, exploit in the 90s where they would, like, print up stuff, pop culture stuff that people wanted. And then, you know, the misfits. Look, these guys are doing this stuff way before. Um, hey, what is the – maybe you know this. Tell me about the origin of the Evil Live back art. Is that is that Glenn's design? Yeah, like is, I, I think yeah, so. He drew that. I think so. Uh, but obviously, wow. as as we saw with my comic book discovery the other day, you know, Glenn liked to. So. I gotta tell you, dude. I really got a hand to you. That was a great find. I was that blew me away. I thought that because um, I had, someone recently had said as of this year that that was Glenn's original artwork. Yeah, a lot of people like saying stuff they don't know about. Well, <laughs> but it's just it's kind of amazing that. Um, Again, it's just like Photoshop. I literally do the modern version of what Glenn does. I go to Google, I take something and I like sort of composite, create my own thing from a bunch of little things and make something real. Sure. It's like remixing. For That's sure. what you're doing. You're taking I, pop culture items and you're remixing them. For... I, uh, I think Glenn was a genius. You know, like I yeah. obviously not. It had to be him who made that. He took the pieces for it, but he was the one who who made the whole thing. You know, right? He can he can visualize. He can looking, visualize. We have Nikki is asking, "What did you discover? What what he discovered that's what I'm, was?" So I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, that's what he's looking for. So Nikki, hold on a second. He's going to show you. He's going to show you in a minute. I got I got to sit down. I got too many comic books over here. Whoa! Oh, you collect comic books too? Holy shit! This was way before the the Misfits thing. Now, now, what some people don't realize about Glenn either, we did a whole episode about Glenn being a comic book collector. Glenn could tell you anything about any comic book ever made. He could tell you the artist, you know, what he's like. He knows so much about stuff. Look, look at that. Now, here's the good. Do you see this? Here's the good news, everybody. This goes to you, Nikki, whatever. I have a whole bunch of these. So, Oh, boy. I... So if anybody wants to purchase one from Tanner because of its connection to November Coming Fire, you can. You can yeah. do so. What, what is that? That's Oh, that's the arm. Oh, wait, go back to that one. Go back to that one. I'm going, I'm going. It's too much shit. I'm making a mess in my room for you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Look at that. That's where... That's the uh, November coming fire. Um, the 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 whatever the the bones the bones of the of the scarecrow guy. I'm fucking Glenn. That is amazing, Glenn. Look, look at that. Look at the look at the skeletons. This is like bookity, bookity, is so boo. crazy. I mean, Glenn was like, "This is what I want." He goes to his collection. He finds stuff that makes sense to him, and then he just he does it analog. He analog photoshops it using his hands to put it all together. Uh, by the way, if anybody wants a T-shirt of <laughs> of uh, sour November's fire sour cream, check out my link tree. Go to the link tree. Check out the T-shirts oh. I have. You can get a. Uh, I'm not going to show it here. I don't want to ruin what we're looking at. But check that Ooh. out. November's fire sour cream. Okay, this is this is something I think everyone get a kick out of. If you've ever been friends with right. me on Facebook, you've seen this one. So there's a guy who passed away semi recently, Mike Mindless, great guy, another character. Uh, my, I've interviewed Mike, and I knew him sort of well. And so, yes, R.I.P. Mike. So we could see this poster behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a little cut and paste Glenn did for Walk Among Us advertising a show at Urban Plaza. Amazing. But it hung in bleaker bobs. But I got from Mike. I got Jerry's bass strap from the bass he broke and threw into the show, into the pit. Wow. Well, it was That's uh, so cool. I fucking forget the name I'm of the band. The the band who had it, it, it kind of changed hands for a little bit before Mike got it back. But it Is was it one of the leather. Yeah, Is it's it leather? leather. It's all dude. You should make a belt out of it. Uh, I don't need a belt. I wear gym shorts every day. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jerry puts those strings on his arms? You think that's because he wants to be a wrestler? Make him look big. Get those, get those guns up. The yeah, yolk? Dude. Absolutely. Oh, that's what it's about. All right. It's like a tourniquet, you guys. It cut restricts the blood flow and makes his muscles look bigger. Someone named Nikki just followed me on Instagram. So if that's that one Nikki, I got, I got comic books for you. <laughs> that might be Nikki, man. Nikki is the guy at the beginning with the music video. That's Nikki. Uh, yeah, I watched the music that. Video. It's a great video. Oh, okay. Actually, you know, we'll correlate to this, and then we'll get Joe on. We're talking oh, about. Oh, here we go. Paul, Paul Seacrest. Hey, are the comics going up? Any? I have a few verrets. I sure hope what? so. That's why I bought so many. Uh, this is um, something I did. That's oh, cool, Sydney. Oh, Doctor Airlift has the Christ Star. Wait, what? Let me see that. Hold on. It's that uh, is MSG. It's a poster I made. <laughs> Oh, you made that? Cool. I made this. Yeah, yeah. I thought talk about us doing you, Photoshop. Did, I was about to say, did you pitch that to them to see if they would use it? Um, I did that with another poster, and it just so yeah. happened, Glenn said, looks nice. And then a poster came out that looked a lot like mine. Ouch. So. <laughs> Ouch. Listen, that's what happens when you get too close to the light, if you know what I mean. You get yeah, too close to the light, and that's what happens. You gotta, I'm not, I'm not you gotta, mad about it. Yeah. You should be honored. That's great. That's exactly. Um, this is cool. Everyone likes this record besides Gwen and Jerry. Let's but see. The 12-hits yeah. promo. It's great. Is that a real one? That's a real one. Yeah, that's that's uh, a real uh, one. Thing. We don't cool. have bootlegs around here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Do you have a vinyl? Do you have a vinyl no. of 12-hits from hell? No, no. I, don't, I don't own a single bootleg record. Now, what is, let's talk about that for a minute, because this is, okay, this is a great topic, actually. Before we bring Joe on, poor Joe waiting in the wings. Um, here, here, here's, a, here's, a, here's a great, diverse, polarizing topic, bootlegs. Now, on one hand, bootlegs are not cool because they're not, the artists themselves are not getting paid for their work, and that sucks. Yeah. And they're, they're really shitty. On the other hand... A bootleg allows people who are not serious about collecting but want to feel like a collector to have something that sort of is a replica of the art. Uh, um, Tanner, where do you lie on the bootleg spectrum? How right do from, you feel about bootlegs? Right from the get-go, I never liked bootleg records. Just it's In today's day and age, it doesn't make sense to me. People say, I want to listen to the record. You got YouTube, you got Spotify, you got all that junk. You don't need to buy True. some bootleg record for some guy from Germany. That's just because you're lazy. And so bootleg records, I was never a guy. Of, I like a good bootleg shirt that looks cool. You know, I'm down for those. I do them myself. Um, I don't sell them. Don't sue me, anybody. But uh, bootleg posters, I'm cool with. But like bootleg records, I'll, I'll never understand the people collecting. Like some of them are selling for stupid money, like some cough cool bootlegs. That makes no sense. You're just you're throwing your money away at that point. Spend it on something nice. Buy some Jerry only silly bands. It's, it's, <laughs> I, don't, 
It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. <laughs> Some kid at work gave me those yesterday. Um. So, okay. And then what about the people that don't have, that can't afford the the real deal, but want to f- have it? Even uh, if they... Even if they're listening on Spotify, is it still like, like you know, fuck them? If, oh, how do I word this without sounding like a pompous douchebag? But if you, there's, there's no comparison, right? You could, you hold one of these and you're like, all right, this feels nice. This is a good quality. I mean, you hold one of these bootleg records. It's, I don't know how to word this. It's like when people wear like a fake Gucci shirt. We all know. You're not fooling anyone. You just look stupid, right? <laughs> well, you, you don't need to spend... If you don't got the money for records, don't buy the bootleg ones. Save up. Save a couple of paychecks. Buy the real one, you know? Now, here's my question for you. Since you have all original stuff, what is your sound system like to listen oh, to those vinyls? Garbage. Uh, <laughs> I'm deaf in one ear, so... <laughs> wait a minute. So, what, what, wait. So, but, so what's the point of listening to the real analog deal? Because the, the, the thing that I would say is probably the worst thing about the bootlegs is the fact that you're probably getting a, boot, a, a vinyl of a CD of a 44.1K kilohertz you know, CD piece of shit. Like, if you're going to listen to the vinyl, you need, you need good speakers. You need a, a good needle so that you can you know, really listen to the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taryn always gives me stuff about my musical setup over here, but I never once said I collect the stuff to listen to it. I do listen to it. Right. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, I think like to kind of fool themselves by saying, yeah, I spent $3,000 on a record because I like how it sounds. So that's what they could tell their wife, you know, but I don't need to tell anybody. I can just, I can just buy it. I don't need to justify it. Yeah. Very it's, true. A lot of people I know also don't play the records because they're three thousand dollars. But right, there's, there's a By lot. The way, of... If you're just joining us, hey, if you're just joining us on Facebook, um, we cannot see your comments. Please join in the chat on YouTube. Come over to YouTube, guys. We don't need you on Facebook. That's just to let you know that we're live. Hey, um, yeah, dude. That I guess that listen. That makes sense. That makes I, sense. Yeah, I, uh, I think there's a. There was a time where bootlegs made sense, but I think now it's just something of the past. It's kind of just, they should just well, stay back in the 80s and the 90s, I think. Well, but that's the, that's the other thing, is that whether, whether they're in the past or not, people want them. And ultimately what people want is like, that's, isn't that like capitalism in its lost <laughs> form? Yeah. People want, like if people want the thing, they're going to want the thing. And if there's a want, then, then there's a need. If there's a need, someone's going to fill that need no matter what. And so if that need is going to be filled, it might as well be filled by, say, Glenn Danzig repressing Sam Hain vinyl instead of, you know, allowing. I mean, again, the entire catalog is just sitting collecting cobwebs. And, you know, it shouldn't. It well, shouldn't. in... Another thing is, I think a lot of these new guys who are green, who buy the Initium bootleg for 20 bucks at the record store, they're just, this is going to sound super insulting, so sorry everyone, but you're just being lazy, all right? There's, Initium was repressed a bunch. You don't want to spend the $2,000 on the red vinyl one? That makes sense. Go buy the, the fourth press with the whatever you saw on Fiend Collectors for 85 bucks, all right? You, you, there's, there's a will and a way. It's just how much effort you want to put in. That's Question. 
question. How much is the first press black uh, initium going for now? Oh, uh, I don't I think I have one. I, I do have one. I have no idea. I think I paid 175 for mine a couple of years ago. So okay, I can. So it's still, it's not like, it's not at like red, red prices or anything. No, it's, no, no. It's, it's a good piece of vinyl. You know, you, you got something yeah. there. Oh, I love it. I friggin' love it. Um, Eric, Eric brings up an interesting counterpoint to what you're saying. And again, Eric is coming from a 90s perspective. He's saying respectfully have to disagree. I started collecting bootlegs in the early 90s before there was any legit copies available. It was a great way to finally be able to hear the tracks that I never heard. And, you know, I can't I can't disagree with that. I think, you know, again, pre-1995, if you want to hear, we talked about this. We talked about this with Greg Fasolino. It was an interesting discovery, not discovery, but the, the point of view of if you lived in that time, if you wanted to hear Last Caress, you either had needed to have a beware or you needed to have a bootleg of some kind in order to hear Last Caress. It was the only way. So there, there's you know. there's 3,000 of these out there in the wild, man. You could have found a beware. Wow. I, I, I'm kidding. Um, I get what that guy's saying, Eric. I, I missed the name. Yeah. I think his name was Eric. Eric. Eric, I get what he's saying. It makes total sense, but that's kind of why I said that now it doesn't make sense. All these guys buying bootlegs now. Now it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, in the 90s, I'll give you that. You didn't have all the resources. I wouldn't have survived in the 90s. You know, I can't I can't go down the street without Google Maps. So obviously right. you're looking for uh, – you just wanted to hear the band. So, of course, you're going to buy a bootleg. It doesn't matter how right. you hear it. You just want to hear it. That right. makes sense. Um. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, it's just like – it's like – it's it's just kind of like mind boggling to think that like there was no way like the only way to get a hold like for instance there was like i don't know 25 it was about 25 years where the only way you could watch why be something why be something you're not was on a vhs or a dvd of the vhs you know what i'm saying like you could there was no way to hear i mean to to see the misfits live if you weren't around back then, you'd have to fi- you'd have to rely on some VHS tape. I just I just, just got these in. I got these in today. I think you guys probably saw them on Facebook, but here's Glenn with the YB something you're not host. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy is on Facebook. I really want to talk to him. He's a great oh, guy. That's, hey, that's from the same. Um, that was from that show. That that one with the, the no, not that one. The other one. Yeah, that was from YB something you're not. Oh. Huh. Um. But- Mark's a great guy. I'm kind of a little jaded with him because four years ago I said, hey, Mark, you should dig out your photos. And he goes, I don't have any. I lost them all. And then look at that. Now I got two of them sitting in my hands here. <laughs> Let me tell great you guy. something. I'm going to tell you something else. And I don't – I'm. Tr- I've been – this is something that I have done research on on and off. There are some holy grails. Like everybody knows about the Manny tapes. Everybody knows – there's like a lot of stuff out there. Everybody, people know about Irving Plaza 1979 and yada, yada, yada. We, we all know. We know about the Skulls video. There are some other recordings that I mean, and and they are they are they are in safekeeping. They are intact. I don't know how to get to them, but they are intact. They're from uh, they're from an incredible time and they're they're audio and they're full set shows. They're live shows. And it is the static age band the full static age band with with franche coma mr jim glenn and jerry 
And uh, I don't know. I've I've inquired several times. There is a, there's a way to crack that nut, um, but it blew it blew my mind when I did a, a super deep deep dive one day, and I discovered. And again, you know, you discover something, and you just go, "All right, just keep it." You, you don't because here's the thing, the other thing too. If everybody knows, then everybody tries to blow up the same spot. If everybody yeah. overwhelms the same spot. The, the overwhelmed spot then is like, whoa, I don't want to fuck around with this and just so sure. like puts things on a bit. It's like you got to sort of one person needs to go in there, do the fucking thing and then pull it back out. That's how yeah. that's how it works, man. You can't just you can't just fucking line up at the door. It just doesn't work that way. I agree. Um, so, yeah, but that's that's interesting. It's the, there's a lot, you know, for everything that you think you've seen, like Devil Man posted those Tish and Snooki photos and that blew my mind. I didn't you you enlightened me. I didn't know that that they did that. Not only did they cover Monster Mash, but that Tish and Snooki joined them for the song. Like I had no idea. Which this is where it goes back to me. I'm, I know I'm young, but I feel old. Devilman early on when he was doing the Seventh House Instagram for the first time. I love Devilman. He's yeah. one one of my best friends. I think he's a great guy. He sent me one of those photos and he said, "Will you post this on your page?" yours and Joe's page so I can get some advertisements. Say it came from me. So through that, we asked Bobby about it. And then I love Snooki and Tish. I think I said the story about seeing them at MSG and I was just staring at them like, oh, they're royalty. They are royalty. I've seen them live many times with their band, The Sick Fucks. Yeah. And I used to, so I used to help out this guy, Peter Crowley, who was the- uh, Maxis. Yeah, from Maxis Kansas City. That's how, I, you know. Uh, and so I saw, you know, I saw a whole bunch of cool stuff and- I helped, you know, uh, Tish and Snooki, they always played the Sick Fucks, but I didn't know, A, at that time, I didn't know that they opened that show and I didn't know that they had jumped on stage with the Misfits. I could have, ha- I could have interviewed them so many times and I just didn't know to interview them and I would feel so stupid. And I mean, they're out there, but I'd love to talk to them about that night. You know who else is a big get I want to get? Uh, Screaming Mad George, who lives oh, in Japan. From the Mad. Really? Yeah, from the Mad, dude. But he's not like, you know, he's also like done special effects for movies and stuff. He's he's an amazing dude. I got a couple buddies George. in Japan. If I could, I could pull some strings. I got some guys in Japan. Yeah, let's talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Let's bring Joe on, man. He's he's freaking poor guy. I bring in, bring in. So this guy Joe, he's a he's an enthusiastic young lad like Tanner here, who's super enthusiastic and loves all this shit. And he's always like posting in groups and promoting stuff. And he's just a, a nice guy. And he's also the drummer. He's the, the, the latest drummer for the undead. You know, I think I, now I wonder, I'm going to test Joe right now. I'm going to give Joe a test. We're going to see how much of an undead fan Joe truly is. Joe is a, a big fan of the band that he drums for. He loves the undead. And um, we're, let's get him in. Let's get Joe in. Joe. Oh, Joe, come in. I hope I sent him the, the text message. I'm not sure. Joe! I'm going vertical. I'm going Whoa, vertical. Look at that. There he is. There he is. He just came out of nowhere. Hey! Oh, he's up. What's up? Oh, I, just I can't see Tanner at all, but I can see you, Jeff. So. Oh, there hey. we go. There he is. There he What's is. up? What's up? Oh, so I have to add in, you know, we're talking, we're talking about collections and stuff, and um, I'm in no way, no way at all, like, anywhere close to Tanner's collection and stuff. I have some like I have a lot of stuff that's very sentimental with me. So do you yeah, mind if I show some sure. of those? It's, Please, not, it's, sure. not, it's nothing huge, but uh, let's see. So the first Joe's got the show, coolest shit. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I'm going to show is these. These are the last sticks Joey Image played with at the last 
time he ever played on stage live. And the way I got these was, oh, of oh, course, with, you know, uh, he, with Bobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and I mean, I mean, people probably know because I post like an idiot on Facebook, but I played drums in <laughs> the undead with Bobby, and we did two benefit shows for Joey. And the first one was in Brooklyn. The second one was in Pennsylvania. So at the New York show, Joey came down because our bass player at the time, Johnny, is was really, really, really good friends with Joey, and mm-hmm. knew him like twenty, like twenty, thirty years before he even joined the undead and stuff. So. You know, Joey goes up. It's an honor. It was an honor for him to be there and to meet him. I got my stuff signed, thankfully. It's unfortunate he passed. It's really upsetting that he's gone. But so yeah, Joey plays on stage, and I guess him and Johnny must have been bullshitting by the bar while I'm like, you know, talking to friends and such. And he just comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, and then I have Bobby on my right, and Joey's coming up to me, uh, coming up to me on my left. He goes, "Here, just have these." And it was the sticks that he used on stage the last time he ever played live. And he played Night of Living Dead and Horror Business that night. It was really cool seeing half of my personal favorite Misfits lineup for your night. Aww, the second awesome, thing I man. have, yeah, the second thing I have, this is, I remember getting this in Tanner's face when I got it. I was just like, oh my God, he screamed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> MSG, He's the loud one. M- yeah, MSG, in my opinion, was the peak of the reunion shows. Like, Philadelphia, oh, yeah. all the shows were great, but MSG was the 100%. Best, Could not agree the more. Best one. So the last more. song, I believe the last song that I said that night was "We Are 138." I could be wrong, but yeah, I don't remember the what last, it was. But the it was last, great. the last, whatever it was, yeah, it was last, great. Yeah, the last <laughs> thing that Jerry did was break yeah. this bass over his knee oh! and threw it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I love I love the Crimson Ghost pickups on the bass too. But yeah, the last thing he did, this is the last bass he threw out before he did this final, you know. Power slide and walk Dude, off the stage. you could yeah. stake a vampire with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, like... wait, quick story. Quick story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my here's my quick story. Riot Fest Chicago 2016. He throws up the base at the end. I didn't see this. My friends saw this. Eyewitness account. I did not see this. Nine guys, something like nine guys are all holding on to that base, <laughs> trying I got, I got... to can I, can I tie that in with you? Tanner knows yeah, go story. ahead. Go ahead. I was front row center at Riot Fest. Yeah. I caught the bass when we threw it originally, but yeah. the fucking security guard in front of me ripped it out of my hands because he saw nine people were converging onto this one bass. So shit. I got screwed out having the Riot Fest bass, but I got the MSG one, which I prefer. Wait, so can you confirm what my friend was saying, though? If you yeah. were right yeah, there, it was that's like, what yeah, happened, was, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, like, yeah. like nine, ten people just converged. Even with this base, I fought like about five people jumped, you know. Jumped like dogs on a bone. Like yeah, dogs exactly. on a fucking bone. And somehow that is so I got cool. it. Dude, good for you. Dude, that friend. is so awesome, man. That's phenomenal. Let me see it again. Show it us again. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool because cause me and Tanner have really good friends named DJ and Nico. And they're like, yeah. every, they're front row with us all the time and stuff. And I just remember just walking up and like, yeah, because they got, I believe, then Nico got a, he got a base too, right, Tanner? Yeah. We'll then, them at the end of the show. Because me and they, Tanner were the guest. Go first. They got, they got one too, and then Little Jerry got the, the headstock. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see the back? Know, doesn't, Little it's Jerry can get off. whatever he wants at any time. I mean, yeah. come on. So let me get my, let me, let me finish. So, so, so Nico <laughs> got, so Nico, Nico got one too. And, oh. uh, yeah, and so he walks up, and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, at the same time. And the cool thing about him, well, one of the coolest things is this tape is glow in the dark. So when I first yeah. came home that night, 
I, it was, I put it up against like the wall and yeah. it was long. I'm like, wow, it's so, so cool. I got, wait. I got two more things. One thing. Wait, 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 putting a pin. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, one second. Wait, yeah, wait, go ahead. One second. Go ahead. <laughs> Question. Question number one. Theoretically, because you have most of that base, you could reconstruct the base in some yeah, way, shape, I, or form. I could, I could but right? I don't want to because I, cause, cause I, I don't want to because I have the mental image of Jerry yeah, right no, there of course. breaking it over his knee and then throwing it out. Okay, it's like, dude, so, it's like a sword from fucking Lord of yeah. the Rings or something. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One other thing. One other thing. You should you should make a necklace and just walk around like a fucking G with that friggin' <laughs> like, just, like 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 that clip of Iggy Pop playing with Damien with the freaking broccoli necklace. Yes, with the Jerry oh, mask mask yeah. on the Letterman yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, all right, so this next story. thing, so this next thing again. Yeah. I'm kind of biased. I'm kind of biased with this because I'm playing this fucking band, but this means a lot to me. I know some people be like, whatever, it's all right. I don't care. People care, you know. People like what they like. I'm not going to get too much into the whole thing. But uh, Tanner gave this to me. And one thing about Tanner he will never admit is that he's very generous. And out of nowhere no. he'll give you – Yeah, you are. Stop. Stop. Out of, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, he will just give you this really rare thing. And this thing to me means a lot. So this is the Undead's Nine Toes Later, but I'm trying to go without the glare. Nice. It's signed. It's signed. Stiff records. Yeah. And on stiff, I'll get into that later. So it's signed by Bobby. It, these are all these are all period signatures. It's Bobby's 1982 signature, also by Nats, and also by Patrick Blank, who unfortunately passed away about yeah, 20, 30 away. years ago. So yeah, and these two went form a great hardcore band called Virus and Rat Cage Records. If no one's heard wow. that, but check that record out. But yeah, this is one like even before I was in the band, this is one of my favorite like first wave New York hardcore punk records, along with you know Heart Attack, God Is Dead, and nihilistic seven inch and the abuse seven inch and crap and the crowd cool. kill for cash and employment and uh agnostic front united blood all those records so yeah tanner gave this to me and i will always be in debt and the last thing's stupid it does serious collecting things we were i got tanner was going through his stuff for the show i got kind of sentimental with it Aww. so i opened my box and started, started going into it and he found his so i had to find mine it's a fucking yonder pouch from <laughs> from New from Newark. Yo, wait, so, wait, wait! Yeah. Oh man, I have mine too. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, yo, I saved that shit. I ripped my phone out the moment yeah. the so, moment that they made me put my phone in that pouch in fucking New Jersey. I was like, fuck this shit, and I yeah. ripped it open. I was like, I'm keeping that pouch. This ticket was expensive. I need a souvenir. <laughs> I, I want to answer a question. I want to answer a, chat, a uh, question in the chat. Sydney Sickness. Yes, the twelve, the undead version of Twelve Fists is on Spotify and iTunes. If you anybody wants to hear it. Yeah, but, you know, uh, originally that was on MySpace for many, yeah. many years. I remember when he yeah. dropped it in 2007, and for some reason. He could never actually. By the way, Tanner, I, I don't, I don't want to put you on blast, but you're, you're gum chewing. You got oh, to chew with that. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, buddy. I, I, I appreciate you. I'm sorry about that. Um, I was muting your mic, and I didn't want to mute you in case Fuck. you said anything. So I just sorry, said, uh, sorry. Myself, oh, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Um, he, for some reason, he could not put out twelve hits from hell for years. Like he released it for free on MySpace. Uh, along with Delta Dungeon, which is why I asked him when I came to his house, his, his mom's house, I was like, dude, you got to play Delta Dungeon on video for me. He had a he has a recording of Delta Dungeon somewhere. 
I don't know if I don't know what happened to no, it. No, he probably he probably doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it anymore now. But question: yeah. Why? Yeah. How? How did Twelve Hits from Hell finally get released on Spotify? It's awesome. I'm glad it happened. Um, well, he had it on his computer. And I'm uh-huh. like, hey, Bobby, do you do you have this? Is like 2017. I'm like, hey, do you have uh-huh. that? They went, yeah. I'm like, oh, can you burn a CD for me? They go, oh, yeah. Well, he said, sure. He did it. I got made myself a copy. Well, I got myself a copy from him, and I made made a copy for Tanner. And me and Tanner were like the first people to hear him, like hear it again at least. Yeah. Oh it's man! Just, as soon as yeah. dude, as soon as that dropped on MySpace, we all had it. We we've had it. I, we had it, that thing like the mo- he thought that he thought that by putting it on MySpace that nobody would get it. That thing was on Misfit Central in two seconds. It was insane. Yeah. It, I don't need, and I was like, whoa, that's magic. How did they hack the MySpace player? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, whoa, they took it out of there somehow. <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah, I think, he, I think he just had the masters and he just uploaded them. I'm, there's I'm more so glad. Coming up. I'm so yeah. glad. So, oh, some more stuff is coming out on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cool. answer, junk food kid. Yes, I have. I'm not going to get what, into details about it. What, dear Joe? Have you ever saw Bobby's bare foot? Yeah. Because he has yeah. nine toes later. You got that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tanner, that is a great. Everyone needs to buy this record. That is the great vinyl. That Undead Summer uh, record you guys did is great. Love it. I think it's phenomenal. Truly. You know, that's the thing. People don't give give Bobby a lot of credit for... He put out some solid seven inches, man. Like, he did the I Made a Monster. He did I Want You Dead. I remember when those... those, Out of curiosity, do those go for anything now? Are they, like, kind of rare? Yeah, I want want you dead. Um, Last I saw was about, like, $40, $50. And wow. they're just, you know what it is? They're not super expensive. They're just really hard to come by. And some guy yeah. had on eBay, some guy had a, like a, all, all the colors on eBay for like a stupid amount of money. I'm like, you're ridiculous for putting that up. But wow. Yeah. It, honestly, though, I think the best two things Bobby ever put out, The Undead, is the I Want You Dead demo, which actually, it's funny because Glenn's nephew, Keith, about a year ago, found Glenn's yeah. actual cassette demo of the undead demo that he got from Bobby when they played a seven and he had wow. that. And I kinda want it. Yeah. I kind of want that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who are not aware before, you know, when, when, when Bobby, when Bobby was ousted or left or however you want to call it when he was, when he was, when he was, when he parted ways with the misfits, he, him and Glenn kept up with each other, and Glenn yeah. was going to put Bobby out on Plan Nine. Yeah, can I, 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 forgot to, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, so this cover yeah. art is actually designed by it's, it's Glenn. Glenn did that cover art. And it oh, was get out to of come here! On, I yeah, did not know yeah, that. Yeah, and it was supposed to come out on Plan Nine, but you know yeah. the infamous thing happened where they had a falling out for whatever stupid <laughs> reason. So yeah, so the whole the whole thing was was that Bobby and Nats and Patrick harassed Stiff Records who. You know, Stiff Records put out the Go-Go's, the original version, We Got a Beat, and they put out the New Rose single and Motor. They put a bunch of bands out. And so they harassed them at their offices. They like used to crash their parties and spray paint, I want you dead on the walls at the parties, and then, like, leave. So, they, you know, they drew attention. Case yeah. in point, they eventually got signed to Stiff Records, and then right after, Stiff Records went out of business. So. Yeah, Stiff Records. Yeah, didn't you? Did you just say they Hold did the up. Damned? Right, they did the Damned. Yeah, they did the Damned. They did yeah. the Go Go. They did the Motorhead. Right, 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 they did right. a lot of bands. Yeah, one of the guys who worked for Stiff Records was uh, I. You know, I used to work at a synagogue, and he was one of the congregants. Was a guy from Stiff Records. Yeah. It was pretty crazy, and it's he came in, 
and was mm-hmm. like, I forgot how that came up in conversation, but I was like, dude, kind of blew, kind of blew my mind. And Jay um, May, the English, the England guy saying the Misfits were lazy. Yeah, so that was that was Tim Summer. He used to have a show called Noise the Show, and it was like a big station that listened to hardcore and punk rock back in the early '80s. And he used to write articles for this magazine in England called Sound. And so he was, you know, he was yep. really good friends with Bobby and Nats and Patrick, and he was really good friends with Jerry. He threw the Glenn. gasoline on the fire. Yeah, and <laughs> and the thing, the thing, see, the thing about I, there's several discussions about it, but people got to realize too that at the time the Undead was a was a vital part of the New York hardcore scene. They would play A7, they would play the CBGB's matinees, they would hang out at 171A. They were the the Misfits at that time. That's why Glenn put up the Who Killed Marilyn. Because the Misfits, right. from like from eighty to eighty one, they were kind of taking a break. It wasn't until like late eighty one, early eighty two that Misfits went full back into swing and started going on the road again and such. So that's why. So that's why like Tim Summers said that because the Undead was just gotcha. you know they were they were first breaking. But yeah, so yeah, that uh, that definitely way. did not sit that did not sit well with Glenn. And I don't know, you yeah. know, it's funny, I. I interviewed Tim for my documentary many, mm-hmm. many years ago. I never asked him what the nature of his re- well. Actually, I would. I, the, I just answered my own question. He introduced the very next year. He introduced the Misfits for Halloween. So I guess it did not yep. uh, affect his relationship with mm-hmm. the Misfits because yeah, he was he had him on the show again. So yeah, Bob, Bobby goes wait because Bob we just did that show. Well, he did that show. Uh, the Drew Stones and the New York Chronicles live. So actually, I haven't great, finished goes, it, man. Mm, uh, I haven't finished it yet. Goes, I have about halfway he goes, through. He, he goes really into the Misfits and stuff, and it's not like oh, stupid questions. It goes really into it. Um, so yeah, he went on there and said that it was like Alago, Michael Alago, who booked that because Alago used to book the Ritz. So it's more right. of a like a lot like no one Alago didn't. Well, the thing about the, I guess people really didn't realize that. The Misfits and the Undead were having a beef at that specific time. The way Bobby's told me, he just said it was out. It was really out of nowhere, which I mean, I get, I get why Gwen got upset. He has he all the. He thought it was fun. Upset. Bobby thought yeah. it was a fun yeah. thing. He didn't think it exactly. was uh, exactly. a serious and situation. Exactly. There's a great story. He actually said the show the other day where he at the show because you know because well he thought the Misfits were joking and they weren't. Yes. They, Seriously, fucking hated him. They wanted to kill him, and he th- and he threw and the Doyle because they were throwing beers and stuff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Doyle throws a full beer can from the stage. Sure did. And hit Bobby right center, and Bobby went yeah went flying back. But yeah. Um, now this is actually now the next part of that story is on mm-hmm. tape, and it's on umatic tape, and I believe the tape is now lost to time. Yeah, the only song there's a recording of. Yeah. Bobby gets pulled into the back room. He's lying flat on a table and he, you know, he's convinced everybody that he's paralyzed and he's not actually paralyzed, but he's playing a joke. His mom and dad are in the room and he's, he's I've winking at them and they know what's up. That's how Bobby tells the story. Bobby's really good at telling. Yeah. He, he I've never, I'm, I've never asked him about that. I, Cause the only thing of those tapes oh, that exists anymore crazy. is I, is I want you, which was on the one on dead comp. I forget which what one, but it was on there. Well, I don't know if the show. I don't know if the show was. I don't believe the show was recorded. But the backs, the backs, like the the behind the scenes foot, like Mm -hmm. of what was going on. I guess it was upstairs. Was yeah. All of that is was on umatic tape, and I believe it's now lost to time forever. You cannot 
we will never see that tape. For those who don't know, Umatic tape is like a thicker version of VHS tape. It's like a proto VHS tape. It's not the exact mm-hmm. size of VHS tape, and that tape is gone. Um, yeah, but I just, want yeah. To, I just want to answer. I just want to answer Robbie's questions. No, he is not. Sure. I I try not to bring that period up. Bobby ever tell Joe the story where Doyle gave him his annihilator a chiller for his wedding, and then George spilled spilt her beer all over it. No, uh, I, I don't. Know, I don't really ask him about that period of his life. I was there. I was there. I was in yeah. that room. I, Robbie was in that room. Robbie saw uh, things from a different angle than I saw. You know, it's funny. There's a photo of of Chud Doyle and Michael Graves, like all frowning at the camera. <laughs> And I was standing right off at the side. I saw them take that photo. And it's amazing how that was like a, I guess that was like, uh, that day was kind of a pretty big deal because you had so many of those guys all in the same place. You had everybody was there. Like they were all in this, this room together. They didn't want to necessarily be in the room together, but they were in that room together. I think Robbie made mention that, uh, I think Erie Vaughn lit up a cigarette and Bobby was not happy if Bobby doesn't like smoke yeah. or doesn't like the smoke. Well, he has, yeah, I I'm think he has, way. he has, he has, res- he has respiratory problems. That's why he gets like, yeah. it's weird, man. Like I never seen anybody have it. Like if you like light up a cigarette series next to him, like he like completely loses his voice. It's strange. But, but uh, you know, that's a lot of singers, man. A lot of yeah. singers have that issue and they're like, do not smoke around me because it will fuck with my voice. Before I believe, I think Glenn is like that too. Yeah, could be. Uh, yeah, I, I've I heard my, mutual friends have said he ate cigarette smoke. But the answer about the broken, uh, he's confusing two stories. So yeah, Doyle was getting hit, so they were just throwing stuff back at Bobby. The over the head over the guitar that was San Francisco. That was they yeah. were harass they were harassing the harassing, legendary San Fran yeah. incident. Yeah, and then Doyle and then Doyle smashed the guitar over the kid's head and. I think Glenn said in an interview that was Bobby hired cronies or something like that. I remember reading. Oh yeah, that's bullshit, man. Bobby didn't hire. I'm not. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to comment on that. But in one of my interviews, I forget. I asked Bobby about it, and he was like, he had heard about it. I mean, it was a big. Listen, it definitely spread. It spread around, you know, spread Mm -hmm. around. Um. So. So Joe, do you first of all, what's the so what's up with the undead right now? Is like the undead um, doing you guys making like like getting getting ready to make some moves? Like they, they you guys re-recorded an album, right? Like uh, yeah, a new album we, is coming out. Yeah. So I um right now we're taking a bit of a break. Bobby said on the show the other day, Diana has his wife has cancer. So we were yes. kind of playing yeah, we're calling it safe with that. Um, she's doing really good though. Like it's pretty much gone. She's just like she's just like good, you know, there's making sure things are okay. And then um, 100%. and he has and he has a he has a he has a newborn granddaughter. So he's, he's yes, like Grandpa, it's Grandpa Steele. Yeah, it's Grandpa Steele. So he's been wonderful. He's a great. I've only been there a couple of times since she's been born, but he's he's a great grandfather from what I've seen. But that's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, and so Beautiful. so the actor rage re-recording that that's uh yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, 2019, I brought up the fact that it was the 30th anniversary of Rage. So um, we started doing it live front to back in the set for like the 30th anniversary. And then Bobby came up with the idea that actually, no, I said we should re- we should re-record it because Bobby's always talking about how he never really got the right sound he wanted. Like that record is very rushed because he, you know, he did in recording school and stuff. 
and a lot of the parts he was intending to do never came to fruition. He couldn't polish it in time. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he was talking about the fact that you're not really happy with the way it's done. How about we re-record it? So then he came up with the fact that uh, bring on like special guests and stuff. So we have like people. I'm only on, I'm only I think I'm on like six or seven tracks. I think I'm not really sure because he's more handle he always handles production stuff. But there's guests like um, Greg Hudson's on it from the Circuit Jerks and Bad Religion. Cool. Um, who else is on? There's a lot of people, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, I was well, being, you know, he used to record. Yeah, he used to record up in his uh, oh. attic. Was postmortem yeah. records. Mm-hmm. But the, but oh yeah, Alex Story's on two or three tracks. He's singing lead. Nice. Um, um, Argyle Goolsby's playing bass on a couple songs. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, friggin' uh, Des Cadena is playing guitar. Yeah, Des. Nice. Yeah, Uncle Des, uh, Uncle Des is playing. Uncle Des. Um, <laughs> um, so I think who else? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? I'm drawing a blank, but there's a lot of people. Yeah, you um, got you got you got chock chock full of guys mm-hmm. in the situation. Uh, I'm, there's one more person right now that I'm. Uh, Steve Garvey from the Buzzcocks is playing bass. That's a, that's a that cool. is that, that that's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna bass. Yeah. I friggin' love the Buzzcocks. I'm so glad that yeah. I saw them at Irving Plaza. No, at the Ritz. At the no, not at the Ritz. At Webster Hall, 2017. It was the last time that um that they Pete played Shelley in New York alive. before while Peter Shelley was alive, and it was unbelievable. I'm so glad I got to see it at least once. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was like uh, it was majestic, man. It, when they played, mm-hmm. why can't I touch it? And everybody's like goes from just like losing their minds to like gently bouncing in the crowd. They played every song I wanted to hear except for just uh just lust. they're not just lust uh lipstick. I wanted to hear lipstick. Mm-hmm. I did not play lipstick. If anybody's not familiar with the Buzzcocks, you got to listen to Singles Go Instead. Oh yeah. That is the, one of the greatest right? one of the, great, the way. One of the greatest English punk bands of all time. Yeah. By yeah. far. I'm trying to see questions. I think I saw uh Robbie asked the doctor, I'm assuming Chud now. We're moving on. Um, the who? Yeah, the doctor? doctor. Yeah, I'm assuming he's saying Chud now. We're moving on. Uh, what? When's the album Yuck. coming out? Uh, sometime. <laughs> yeah. Some sometime soon. Uh, what Sloppy Seconds record did uh did Bobby play? He played on the uh, Where Eagles Dare seven inch. Yeah. And so I also oh, saw. Oh 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 oh! I totally forgot. Now I remember. All right. Here's yeah. my. You're like the world's biggest undead fan, right? Okay. And misfits, and misfits, and misfits, and misfits. Okay, ready? Here is, mm-hmm. here is your challenge. Ready? Yeah. I'm I'm issuing you a challenge. In chronological order, recite every single undead lineup from. <laughs> I can't. Do, I can't. I from can't do that. 1981 to now. Go. <laughs> I can't. I I can't do that. There's been over thirty friggin' drummers and bass players individually. I'll say this though: my absolute favorite was the original three, because I'm a big fan of the eighty to eighty three era. Um, you know that was a little anticlimactic. I'm gonna respect your answer, but it was very anticlimactic, and I wish you would have attempted it. Mm. But okay. Oh yeah, Fine. I want. I want to. I just want to bring up. People think I'm trying to dischud now. It's, I know there's some tension no. there, so I'm. I'm. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to 
Jersey I'd like, drama. I'd like to discharge uh, personally. All right, no, no, we're not going there. We're not going there. We're not going there. I know there's beef between you guys. We're not going there. Someone asked uh, before, what? How did I get in the band? Um, it's easy. Me and Tanner were misfits geeks, and he he actually convinced me to start a Facebook, and um, so I I joined Facebook, and. Uh, and I, the first person, one of the first people I friended that accepted my quest was Bobby. I saw he posted uh, that, um, you know, he's looking for a drummer. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll, and I messaged and I'm like, bro, Bobby's asking, you know, that's for a drummer for the undead. So on Face Page, which was John Brandon from Negative Approach Calls, a Face Page that I love, I find hilarious. So on Face Page, I messaged them, I set up an audition. And what was really noticeable, noticeable to me was that um, instead of saying, "Oh, like you know, you're in the band," they just went, "Oh, when can you when can you come play again?" And I'm like, uh, "Like that that blew my mind because I was like, oh, maybe like they they like me." And from then on in, I've been they in the band. Like me, they really yeah. like me. Uh, That's awesome, you dude. Guys, I'm I'm yeah, stoked you, for you, man. Congratulations, you guys, truly. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys know anything about that on Deadline of his listen to Mr. Central? Is Bobby Steel drum machine bass machine? Um, that was just him. I think I'm don't, I'm not sure. I'm just taking a he guess. He didn't have a band. Was, it was 1992. Yeah. He didn't have a band, and he just he wanted to play some shows. And stuff. Exactly. I also think I also I also think he was frustrated at the point because I guess because I remember a couple of the members around them. I'm not exactly sure, but he had like a bad run of people point. Like there were a lot of drama. Like they, they were a lot of trouble. No, Eddie. No, no, nothing with Eddie or Eddie or Tim was after them. Oh, gotcha. You know, I got to tell you, yeah. I am a big fan. I know that sounds kind of silly, like oh, it's just mm-hmm. him with a bass and drum machine. There yeah. is a crop of, I guess you would call it the like this is punk rock today. This is like a thing right now where you like pre-program everything and then you just sort of sing over it. It's actually really fucking cool. Like, there's a lot of like, for instance, a band. Of now disgraced and leaves a gaping hole in my heart. No bunny <sighs> who yeah. they do a uh, drum machine. He had a drum machine on some tracks and it was pretty bad, man. Like when I say bad, I mean, good. <laughs> not like, you know, you know, it's funny. I actually, you know who I think does a really bad job with the drum machine <laughs> on final descent is Glenn does not like the drum machine does not go with the mm. final descent tracks and if you watch for my patreons already know they've seen it on my on my thing i did a final descent reaction video and uh yeah this doesn't mm. work a little uh bit. the videos i have seen of him playing jumps the undead have been awesome good solid jump coming from german thank you i appreciate that i really do, uh, you do a I, great I really, job. thank you, you do a great I, job, I really Joe. appreciate it i really appreciate it yeah man thank you i um, um, so, so what holds the future? You guys are, you guys got everything on hold. Diana's yeah. health comes first, of course. Yeah. Um, do you force, do you guys see yourself? Cause I know that you got, it's, there's immunocompromised situation. So it's like, do you see yourself like going out and playing shows? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Really hang back mm-hmm. and, and just watch and see how things unravel. Oh, we're definitely going to go out and play shows, but just not in the current future. Like, it'd be like when things, the things are getting back to normal, thankfully. There's shows mm-hmm. coming up. I know that. Like, for example, this Saturday, Nihilistics and Reagan Youth in Tompkins Square Park. I'll be at that. Ah, uh-huh. um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, we're going to play shows and stuff. It's just, um, in time, you know, the time being, it's holding off for a little bit. But, yeah, we will. Cool, man. Um, That's really, really great. Um, do you now, do you do anything else? Uh, like, first of all, were, you would have, you had been playing drums before you were in the undead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you in any other, ba- do you do anything else besides the undead? Any other bands you're involved with? I mean, I jam with people, but it's not like serious. I mean, I do a lot of demos for myself. That cool. I, I, I write, I play other instruments. Yeah. You I play, play guitar, bass, and a little bit of keyboard. So you're like a Bill Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. That's cool. But, uh, no, that's awesome. That's what Bill Stevenson does. He but I do a lot. Of, yeah, I, I do a lot of demos for the you know during yeah. COVID nineteen. Joe, show me song. songs. You're gonna you're gonna pitch some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I will. I mean, yeah. I already sent music. They told me they liked it. I, got, I'm a, I just suck at writing lyrics. I'll tell you one thing. Well, you got to give that to Dave Street. Have Dave Street write your lyrics. Honestly, I was thinking about asking him. I actually seriously was thinking about asking Dave. You really should. And Dave, let me tell you something. Dave could most certainly use the distraction right now. By the way, for those of you unaware, Dave is is on the mend, people. He's on the mend. Knock on wood. I hope it continues to uh, continues to improve and. Um, a far cry from what I saw. I visited him in the hospital, and he was—he—he he really came back from the brink. So I'm, I'm so stoked for him, and I'm gonna go down and see him hopefully soon, sooner than later. So. What? Let's just see. What does it feel like when you cover Misfit songs with Bobby? It's pretty cool because you don't really see the way. There's not a lot of video. I mean, you can hear the recordings, but there's not a lot of videos of the way he plays. So like seeing it right there in front of me where we're practicing in a smaller practice space. Pretty cool seeing how the like being front row watching Doyle murder the guitar compared to seeing Bobby kind of have like a twangy kind of sound. Pretty cool. Yeah, dude. Um, what? All right, yeah. let me ask you. How about this, guys? And and I think we're gonna have to wind it down because oh yeah, damn late. I got I got some fr- fish to fry. But I, first of all, I want first of all I want to say thank you to Tanner for coming on spending some time showing us some really cool shit that's awesome and i want to thank joe again for you know jumping in here and 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 spitting some knowledge for us and blowing my mind i didn't know that glenn danzig did the layout for nine toes later that that's crazy um it's awesome i mean he did layouts for morning noise and for the undead how about that you know it's kind of a shame that glenn did not expand he should have had active ingredients morning noise rosemary's babies and the undead all could have been on plan nine records he would have had it would have fully been like what uh what is it discord uh no not discord uh yeah discord yeah well yeah, yeah, discord, yeah right yeah. or alternative tentacles or whatever you know what i'm saying like or slash you know it could have been its own like it would have been the east coast answer to touch and go records and all those different labels that were uh sst you know, because yeah. uh, all those labels put out tons of bands. Plan 9 only put out the victims and the misfits. So it's like, it's kind of a shame that he did not, like, rope all those other guys in and put more stuff out, especially when he had a hand in layouts and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Um, but mm-hmm. I, let's let's end it like this. I'm going to have each one of you go over your top five Misfits, Sam Hain, and Danzig songs at this moment because it may not be. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've myself, I can't pick. I, I mean, I like different things at different times. My mood changes. For me, there's no such thing as a bad 
misfit song right like yeah. i love them all the i love way. all I, four of those bastards <laughs> mm-hmm. it always my, my favorite song always changes too like it, yeah. it's always been in the top five but always like it's between two songs uh can we do it for each because it's really hard yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh, fuck time. yeah you're gonna fuck yeah you're gonna uh, do it for each um I gotta, I gotta, before you go yeah yeah do mm-hmm. do five misfits five samane and five dancing and because mm-hmm. we got we'll, we'll do five undead too since we have joe here and he's the sure. for the undead. okay okay sure all right mm-hmm. um who wants to go first Tanner, you go first. I'm, st- I'm still thinking about it. I want everyone to know that Joe, at least once a week, texts me a, a list of like 30 songs. He's like, put these in order. How you like them? <laughs> so he, he's got this. He's gonna win this one already. But if we're gonna, it's not a contest, Tanner. It's not a contest. no, no. I, I'm gonna. I mean, in in the sense of actually knowing what he's talking about, I got to think about this. Um, if we're going, do you want me to? Do you want me to fill the dead air for a little bit while you guys yeah, think you about go. it? Here, yeah, let's yeah, go to some go. comments. We'll go to some comments for a few minutes, and you guys think about it, okay? And then we'll we'll uh, we'll go back. Let's not, see. Not By to, the way, I just want to. Sorry, go to, ahead. Not to cut you short, I'm at nine percent battery, so I'm just going to run this through. Oh quick. shit! All right, all right, all right. So let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So undead. Um, the the top undead song for me has got to be "I Want You Dead." That's a classic one. That song is really sentimental to me because. I also want everyone dead. Uh, Evening of Desire, a classic. Uh, uh, I like their cover of Eve of Destruction a lot. I think that's that's great. I love that. Um, put your clothes back on, because a lot of people should have put their clothes back on. And, <laughs> and the mother chick. And um, <laughs> I uh, Joe isn't. I remember he kind of he said that's not a good song on the record, but I really like Righteous Light for some reason. I just think the whole it's a great song of the morgue the merrier. I think they should play that one. My, my, I will put it this way: it's not my favorite on that. I don't mind that song, but it's not my favorite on that record. Two going now. Uh, Miss that's five right there. I love the Undead. Uh, you know, I like them because their drummer is pretty cool, and the rest of the guys are pretty cool. That's really nice. It's a schmuck. <laughs> but. Uh, so Undead's Aww, cool. I love your bromance. It's so sweet. I would. I, be know, I, I just want to add. I, I've never had an argument with him ever. He's one of the few people I've never had an wow. argument with. But keep going. Uh, yeah, I love Joe. I said he's my heterosexual life mate. Can't go anywhere without him. Aww. Uh, yeah. Aww. The heterosexual life mate. <laughs> would you uh, like to be making fuck bazookas? <laughs> Joe, do you have your card on you? Um. He, uh, I don't. He, uh, Misfits Misfits is every day it changes to me obviously with everyone but top song will yeah. always be Bullet because I think that's great I love Glenn's conspiracies about the Kennedys because they were he's right they're all schmucks too um, <laughs> I love hybrid moments you can't beat hybrid moments uh, We Bite I don't think We mm. Bite gets enough love I love that song Death Comes Ripping and a feline nursery. You got to throw that one in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. I love feline nursery. It's a great Big song. It's um, a great song. I agree. I fully at, agree. Look at our little club. Aren't we special? Ouch. Ooh. Uh, uh, sorry. I just want to answer a question. When did Joe join the undead? 2015. I remember you, Chris was at the Salem show. That was the drummer before me filled in for those two days. Keep going. Sam Hain, I like a lot of days. I was just saying this to Joe. A lot of days, uh, I I I like Sam Hain more than the Misfits. You know, as you get older, you get grumpier, and I feel like I'm a grumpy Sam Hain guy these days. 
that's what the, that's what Sam Hain kind of is in a way. Yeah. I uh, my my favorite is um I am misery. That's uh, great song's great. Love it. So dark and grim without having to be like ooh spooky skeletons. I love that song. Um Kiss of Steel. Can we just, hold on. Can we just agree on one thing? I'm sorry to cut you off. I know you have like 8% battery. Can we just agree that that misery tomb it literally it's like Glenn taking a shit and he's constipated <laughs> and he's just going <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's a that's a great song. <laughs> uh, but when you look at it like that, it makes it even better. Um, Wards of the Left Hand. I don't think that gets enough love. I love that song. Uh, oh, fucking, what's it called? Sam Hain. Sam Hain, right? I get Sam Hain and Nishia mixed up. Um, this, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You should be a drummer. You kind of look like Me? a drummer right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah. And then, dude, you can't not love Archangel. That's, like, the greatest song ever written. Uh, it's good. It's, it's more than good, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I wish there was something more. To I remember Al Pike telling me about that with, like, Dave Vaney and all that stuff. I love that. It's so great. Dude, I want to talk. I need to talk to Al Pike, too, man. That's another. I've talked to Paul Cripple, but I've never talked to Al Pike. Al Pike is I got so Paul, accessible, Paul Cripple dude. did. A, I know. I, I fucking know. You know, Sal was supposed to introduce me to him. I met Paul Cripple, but Paul and I don't think Paul and Al talk, really. So, you know. Ah. God. If you if you need to, I got I got Al's number. If you want to, I can set something up to you. Right, we'll guys. talk, Tanner. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, so, all right, Archangel. Could you imagine Archangel? First of all, I think Archangel. I think maybe it was you or somebody else. Somebody on one of the shows we were talking. Archangel is a damn song, dude. Straight up. Yeah. Could be a damn song. Absolutely. Could you imagine the fucking damned car covering Archangel? And that makes sense because he. Friggin' wrote it for Dave Vanian to sing. I think that the bones, the DNA, or I could even imagine like a new wave version of Archangel. Joe, you better record that tonight. Oh my god, Joe, will you do that? Joe, will you do that? Joe. Joe, he's a really good he's a really good singer too. he has Is he really? He's a great singer. He did this cover of one of my no. favorite songs called Middle of the Road really? Cry Out by Stevie Wynn Winder, and everyone needs to hear it. It's oh, Joe's cover Stevie of it. Stevie Wynn. So, hey, shout out to Steve Linder. Sun Come Up. For those of you who don't know, Sun <laughs> Come Up. Uh, <laughs> all right. Say your, five, say your five Danzig songs. Danzig. Jo oh. Joe is chomping at the bit to get. He wants to shout yeah. his list out. Tanner. Yeah, You're I killing guess. him right now. Yeah, I'm doing it on purpose. Maybe you made me sit for like two hours. Uh, we won't even <laughs> stream it for two hours. Uh, Danzig. Two hours and 38 minutes. Oh, oh it says two hours and eight for me. That's my fault. Uh, Danzig. Uh, my top Danzig song is Tired of Being Alive. That song was like the first oh. Danzig I really heard. Love it. Fuck the fuck yes i love that song so much so good it's ridiculously so good So good one of the only things me and tommy victor agree on is that's also his favorite song <laughs> mm. so tired of being alive uh i've coldest sun off i was is really good i think a lot of those i was songs are really good if you just without light i am is a fucking that's phenomenal it's, it's, that was song. next on my list that's i love that song. i really, really? i really think 
Really? Six, seven, and Circle of Snakes. They're so underrated. Absolutely. Are so good. There's only one record I really don't like that Glenn Danzier put out. That's five. Black you, got in, you got it in your car, though. Wow, I do have it on my car. Like I, 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 I really like the song Seventh House, but it rest, I mean, it's not horrible. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. But I got a, I got a great story about the song Seventh House. Hold on, Tanner, did you I know, finish? I, I got, I finish. got two more. Um, uh, Rebel Spirits of Death Red uh, Sabios. I love that song. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Black Aria. I was like, no, I that's Black Aria is one of my favorite records though. Um, and if it counts, um, uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, yeah, you and me. You, you know, like Glenn Danzig of the Power Trio. I will count that. Zero. That is, I love his band. I will it's, count that. That's my favorite yeah. stuff he does. Slow. All right. Spooky. I'm going because it's getting late. I want. I want to hold people up. He's going because so, um, he wants to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah. go, 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 Joe. Any more water? Go, Joe. So, um, go, Joe. All right, so, all right stop. <laughs> So uh, five undead songs. Um, let's see. Um, I'm not gonna put them in order because I like when I when I make a top five. I pretty much like every except from the number one spot. I like all the songs kind of equally. The same way. So so uh, easy. Life of our own. I want you dead. My kind of town. When the evening comes. Um, when the evening the comes. Spot. Best best undead song ever. When yeah. the evening comes. Best. I would. I would really like to hear a version of the Misfits that Glenn actually didn't tell Bobby. No, I wrote the song. Because that was supposed to be in a Misfits song. And Glenn's just like, no, I just wrote all the songs. Not only that, uh, not only that, Joe, but I, you know, I was just reviewing my Joey Image tape and my Bobby Steele tape. They used to rehearse when the evening comes in the garage or in the the pit. 100%. They had that song down. And when they showed it to Glenn, they played it for Glenn. And Glenn was like, no. Not gonna happen, but there is the misfits doing when the mm. evening comes without. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that because Jerry's on bass too. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember Bobby telling me that Jerry actually like really liked that song. But uh, sure. all right, so the fifth, the fifth one, um, I'll put social reason off New York thrash. Um, so for misfits, this is really difficult. Um, top five, not in order except for number one. American Nightmare, without a doubt, it's one of the most underrated Misfits songs ever. I really wish they would do it live. It's one of the few songs I want to hear. That's why, also, unrelated note, but Riot Fest 2022, finally get to hear Nike Go Go, Hate Breeders, and Brain Eaters. Yeah. Yeah, finally. It doubles Horror House. a guy fucking music. a missile. Yeah. <laughs> that song is about a guy having sex with a missile. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right. pretty crazy. So, yeah, so American Nightmare, um, mm-hmm. Attitude, without a doubt. Um, probably night night of the living night of the living dead, the original mm-hmm. like seventy nine single. I know, I know you mentioned you don't believe that's not your favorite version, Jeff. But I just I love I love that like sound. It has its charm. Inch. It has its charm. Yeah. Um, I turn to a Martian easily, which is Bobby's favorite Misfit song, and Astro Zombies is what uh, doubt my favorite Misfit song. Um, cool. Sam Hain, Black Dream, easily. Uh, yeah. Archangel, of course. Yeah. Mm. The song Sam Hain. That's three. Um Human Pony Girl and without a doubt my favorite Sam Hain song is Kiss of Steel. I love Kiss of Steel. Human Pony Girl. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that. <laughs> That's a great track. <laughs> Dude, it's such a great track. 
By the way, do you guys agree? I think Kiss of Steel is kind of a reworked Die, Die, My Darling a little bit. Would you agree? Kind of. It's more, more like speed musically? up. That's, yeah, that's one of the few, like, Sam Hain songs that sounds like actual, like, hardcore to me. It's very mm. fast. It has that, you know, that da, 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 da kind of beat. All right, um, do Danzig right. now. Yeah, so Danzig. Um, Twist of Cain. Um, yeah. I'd probably say Left and Zero, too, because I love that song. He sounds just like Elvis there. It's amazing. I um, dig. Uh, this is hard, because I love a lot of Dantic. Um, Joe hates Brand new God. I don't hate Dantic. I love Dantic. So Dantic, three days in a row. Um, I'm Kill sure I'm sure people have seen him more. Kill for Dantic! Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Brand New God, and then the mm-hmm. next two, Do You Wear the Mark, and this is hard. Um, shit. Snakes of Christ. Snakes, no, not Snakes, Snakes of Christ. Christ. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And, and listen, how could I let you guys go and then not go myself, even though I've done this once before? I have to go. I have to go right mm-hmm. now. So before I go, first again, I want to thank my two guests. You guys were awesome, and I thank hope you. that if our paths cross in real life, we'll we'll we'll, we'll high five, get a slice of pizza, talk some talk some music, have a good time. Um, Freaking. Also, please, if you are if you like this content, if you're enjoying the show, guys, please, very important, subscribe to the channel more than anything. Like this video, leave a comment. Fuck. Check out the Patreon, um, all that stuff and more. You can find out more information on the link tree link right below. Okay. All right. Super quick. I don't, Tanner's battery is going to die. I got to go. Ready? All right. Undead songs. Shit. Uh, I want you dead. When the evening comes, uh, put your clothes back on in 84, for sure in 84. Um, And uh, shit. I, oh, oh, fucking. Be my ghoul. Fuck yeah, be my ghoul. Um, okay, Danzig, ready? Motherfucking Sestinas. Um, friggin' Without Light I Am. Possession. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, oh, Possession's such a good song. What is Possession. that, three? That's, That's one. three, right? Uh, Tired That's of Being one. Alive. Oh, um, and uh, uh, Death Red Moon. How about that? Just right now. Sam Hain songs, ready? Macabre, The Shift, The Hungry End, um, uh, In My Grip, and Lords of the Left Hand, the second version, even though I mm-hmm. hate the lyrics. Uh, and then up, oh, I think we lost Tanner. Okay, ready? Yeah. Here's my Misfit songs. At mm-hmm. number one at the top, Astro Zombies, Night of the Living Dead, Children in heat like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um uh shit. Uh what what else? 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 I'm gonna say cough cool, baby. Cough cool. That song mm-hmm. is really phenomenal. We don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Um I got one more, right? I got one more song. And just to be like Tanner, West End Avenue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, just because, just because, no. Um, listen, again, I hope you guys love the show. 
You guys fucking rock. Thank you for, we have 45 people with us still after two yeah. hours and 47 minutes. 43 yeah, thank, of thank, them are on YouTube. Thank, thank you for, for everybody listening to me. Banter. Yeah, dude, for real. Yeah. And Joe, uh, again, uh, wish you uh, congratulations on all your successes with the undead. And, thank you. Uh, I, I wish you. you more, even more success and subscribe. Oh, Tanner's back. Tanner, we just want to say, Tanner, did you hear the rest of my list? No, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Fuck. Where did you leave off? Uh, right when you started it, but I, I think I know what you, you're talking about. I'll watch the replay. Yeah, just rewatch the episode, Tanner, because I got, I'm really got to end this thing. But again, yeah. Tanner, thank you so much. And you know, Tanner, congratulations to you on, you know, your collecting, and I think it's wonderful. And I hope you do something. You know, again, when you're really passionate about something, you should try and find a way to turn it into something where, you know, you can just go, where you can just fly in some way, shape, or form. And I think it's really wonderful that you're doing screen printing and stuff. And I hope something develops for you in that, if that's something that you want for yourself. I, I, and, got a, um, I have a record coming up. Buy my record. Yeah. Do you really have a record coming up? I've been uh, I've been working on my own little project. I, you know, we'll see it. Joe hasn't seen any of it yet either. Because wait, really? I, I, I don't trust. Joe is always too nice to me. So everything I do, he just says, "Yeah, that's good." So I can't. I can't show. Him I, I want to hear what is it. What kind of music is it like? Um. You ever like try to blend something and leave the fork in the blender? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, no! I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. Ooh, TV casualty too. Um, yeah, but like in general, all I'm saying is, if you're feeling passionate about something that you love doing, or if you like doing something and it feels fucking good, fucking do it. As long as you're not hurting, as Kevin Smith says, as long as you're not hurting anybody when you do it. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're not hurting anybody, yeah. go fucking chase your dreams, fucking do your shit. And you guys, you guys are young, full of piss and vigor. Go do your shit. Awesome. Thank you again. We have a wonderful way of ending the show. We say peace and hair grease. Make it for Florida. Make it for Florida. Make it for Florida. Oh, no.